0: Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm
1: Nick. I'm Tim.
0: And today we're going to be talking about Zack Snyder's Zack Snyder's Justice League. We're also going to talk about what we've been watching and some film news. But before we get to all that, feedback at MidwestfilmNerds.com is where you can write to us about our show. Let us know what you think. Send us questions, uh, comments, anything you want to send us, we'd love to hear from you. You can also go to slash Patreon. Donate just a dollar a month to our Patreon. We would appreciate it very much. Or you can go ahead and review us on iTunes or whatever podcatcher you like to use. That would be very helpful as well. Um, The Midwest Game Nerds podcast had an episode out this week where we just talked about a game called Loop Hero and also Immortals Phoenix Rising. Please go check that out as well. And then uh, the horror movie yearbook boys just talked about The Gate, right, Tim?
2: Yes, The Gate, the 1987 uh, kind of kids horror movie, the Gate, yeah. with Stephen Dorr. It,
0: sound, it sounded cool, and Ooh. I've literally never Ooh. heard of that movie before. No, so uh, I yes,
2: yeah, it was uh, recommended by one Mister Dave Steele.
0: So. Yes, of course, uh, one one of our faves in the Discord, and uh, a long time listener and friend of the show. So yes, um, but yeah, other than that, uh, if you do. Uh give us some money on the Patreon. You do get early access to bonus episodes from both Midwest Game Nerds called SideQuests and Horror Movie Yearbook called Tiny Terrors. Please go check those out as well. Uh those are always quite fun. I know the horror movie yearbook one is about horror comics and uh the game nerds one is a little bit about um a game we make about brian and then also we talked about some uh some of the youtube and twitch streaming culture and content creation stuff it got a little inside baseball so uh give that a listen let us know what you think but that sounds fun yes yeah i don't know we'll see (laughs) let me know (laughs) what you think when you hear it Nick. i
1: will (laughs) I just wrapped up the uh, quiz show episode. Ah, yeah. I, I, for some reason I missed a couple in in the feed. I kind of got ahead and I looked, I checked today and I was like, oh, I haven't heard these yet. So I went back and listened to the
0: the quiz show ended up being harder to pull off than I thought it would be. I needed about two other people on my crew to be able to use all of the sound effects. It sounded like,
1: yes, you were, you were the octopus (laughs) from Aquaman in the background. (laughs) playing playing many instruments at once yes uh but it was fun it was a good time yeah it sounded great
0: but uh yeah uh and then tim real quick uh the next horror movie yearbook episode is uh is what
2: We are doing a very special uh, WrestleMania-themed episode coming up because we are reviewing um, No One Lives, which stars one Mr. Brodus Clay, who is a former WWE superstar. And it also stars Luke Evans, but mostly Brodus Clay. Um, And (laughs) actually, mostly Luke Evans. Who am I kidding here? (laughs) But it's it's a blast of a movie from the director of Midnight Meat Train and Versus. And it's a ton of fun. And we're also going to have some uh, fun little fun little wrestling things as Willie and I are both wrestling fans and horror fans. So we'll combine the two and it'll be it'll be a good time.
0: Nice. A match made in heaven. (laughs)
3: yes. (laughs) Uh,
0: But yes, I think uh, we can move on to some what we've been watching. We're going to skip right over Tim because he hasn't been watching much other than Zack Snyder DC movies. (laughs) Seriously, it's been
2: it's been. Uh, basketball and Zack Snyder DC movies for me, and I would have it no other way. What a diet. <laughs> no.
0: That's it. Yeah, you're going to McDonald's every day is what it sounds like. Uh, but, no, uh, a full-course meal with nice beverages.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but Nick, you have been watching some things.
1: Yeah, I actually have. It's great. I've finally been, make really, the last few weeks making... An act, this sounds so pathetic, but making an active effort to watch more movies because for the last year or so, pretty much since our daughter was born, pretty much, pretty much the first year of her life, I did, just wasn't really making the time, understandably, I suppose, to, mm-hmm. to watch as much stuff. But anyway, now I've just been trying to watch more movies because I miss that and it's just been a ton of TV. Um, and on that subject, I watched Alan versus Pharaoh, <laughs> Alan V. Pharaoh. Uh, dawn of something. The dawn yeah. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm not even going to joke about it. <laughs> it's uh, it's brutal, but it it is very very well made. Um, I it's very it's complicated and it's also very straightforward. I, I think you should only walk out of that feeling one way. Mm. And if you don't, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty damning and and justifiably so. But I uh, I just think it, it's really well put together and the i I feel often these kind of th- pieces don't get as many people that are actually involved as this did, which mm. was very refreshing. There were so many interviews with so many people that were that were involved in this, and I thought that that lent it a lot of credibility. I think it'd be a lot easier to say, well, maybe not if there weren't just such an extreme tidal wave of people involved. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, no, I, I also watched it as well, and I agree with you wholeheartedly on everything that you said. I think it's a very, like, um, they, the picture that they paint feels extremely definitive, and it doesn't feel unfair, in no, my opinion, at no. all. Like, I think, uh, you know, in a lot of documentaries, people are like, oh, it should be kind of even-keeled and fair-handed or whatever, but I don't, there's no, the the second side of the story has no light to it. Anywhere and uh, and I think I think
1: the- they they present a lot of video evidence of mm-hmm. the other side of the story and it just it comes across it's very well made I'll just put it that way that it yeah. is it obviously takes a side and I think it should and and an truly objective and impartial documentary on this probably wouldn't sit too well yeah um, but I think the most effective thing about it is it's some um, – it's re- it's challenging, I think, for people to have to face uh, their their idols or their heroes or who they who they people, celebrities, creatives, artists, whoever that they look up to, uh, with a critical eye. Or you hear something bad about their behavior or something bad they did, and it's hard for us to divorce our our fandom from the reality of the situation. And this is something that's mm-hmm. spoken by a few subjects in the in the doc- in the series, and. Woody Allen's kind of the perfect uh, person, I think for maybe some generations to have, because you understand that he was really, really sacred to a lot of previous generations to ours. But um, when, when those same people are on this, on this uh, on camera saying, yeah, I could never, I can never watch another one of his movies, or I can never look at him the same way. I think it sets a good example of how you're supposed to react to this kind of thing. You know, it's, I think it's, it's easy to to try to say to separate the art from the artist, but at at what point does that argument just become invalid?
0: Yeah, well, and on top of that, like, I also feel like they did a good job of not even pulling any real punches as, as to, like, Woody Allen's been working since this incident and onward for a long time with a lot of people, and they do a fairly good job at, like, Presenting that and fronting that and like tying people to their words, but not like necessarily condemning those that are like potentially in the Hollywood system of like, you know, this is the next job that you have. And this is, but, but there's so many people since all of this that maybe feel distanced enough from it, or I don't know exactly what the phenomenon really is, but like they're very clearly standing by him despite the fact that he did some pretty terrible things. You know, allegedly, I guess I'll throw that in there, but Mm -hmm. um, no, I, I think I, I I wholeheartedly agree with you on all of it. I think it's uh, I think it's worth a watch. It's four parts. It's on HBO max. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think the first three are about an hour. The third one or the fourth one, I think is like almost 90 minutes, maybe, maybe a little over an hour. Not
1: sure. Yeah. They're all pretty comparable in running time, but yeah, it's a good watch. Um, I also wrapped up my reviewing of the blade trilogy. I think last time we recorded, I had started two. And- no, you,
0: you were halfway through one, I believe.
1: Oh, that's it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought I had I had begun two. Okay, anyway. Uh, yeah, one obviously is still the gold standard, and it is a movie that I wish more movies today would try to emulate. Uh, two is still a blast. I think this is the first time in my entire viewing career of uh, blade movies that i i think i'm ready to admit that one is better than two and that's a hard pill to swallow because i really love two but it's just (laughs) one is just so perfect i'd say it's probably perfect movie uh and two is a blast and a lot of fun it just doesn't carry some of the same weight and in the same way as as one and two also feels a lot like wesley was like hey this is this is a Wesley Snipes vehicle now, <laughs> whereas one feels like a Blade movie. I, I'm the captain now. Yeah, basically, course. like he kind of he kind of stepped up a little bit more. And although he he was heavily involved in the in the making the first one and three is just still really bad. But there's good stuff in it, and uh, I can leave it at that. The whole trilogy is worth watching for sure, and I'm sure I, I will watch all three again in a couple years and feel the same way. Uh, nice. I also watched Nomadland at the uh not insistence, but recommendation of uh is it Jason oh I feel bad yeah Jason yeah k jason, on, yeah, in jason our, k yep. in our discord yeah was was talking repeatedly about it, and uh so got me to finally commit to just watching it and it's it's really good, I like it a lot i think um it's it's getting a lot of awards buzz obviously, and i think it it's certainly worth the praise. I think it can be it can be challenging to make a movie that is populated with mostly non actors and still get good performances and a, a story uh, and scenes that resonate. And I think it did a great job across the board with all that stuff. I think the the cinematography is, is really nice. It's simple. It's not flashy, but it's really effective. Frances McDormand is just she crushes it out of the park again, like you would expect. Uh, and the story I think is is timely and relatable and it's a it's scary and kind of alarming in a lot of ways and you see how quickly things can be taken from people and how quickly entire livelihoods of entire towns can get stripped away and uh and people just turn their back on it without a second thought so i think it's um it's kind of an important movie for i think a lot of people to kind of check out and maybe lend a little more uh, thought to people that are suffering hard economic times and that don't have a clear exit out of it.
0: Yeah, I've been meaning to watch it. It's up on uh, Hulu, I believe. Yes.
1: Right? Yes. Even and, though uh, I, I thought, so Amazon has a really hard, heavy presence in the movie, and I keep I kept thinking the movie was on Prime uh, <laughs> streaming, because I started it one night, I watched about half of it, and then I went to go back to it the next night, and I could not find it. And I was like, what the hell? I mean, <laughs> did they just pull it down? And I was like searching all through Prime, and I couldn't find it. And then I was like, oh, duh, it's on Hulu. <laughs>
0: um and yeah that's from director chloe zhao who is that's her third feature that she's directed and her fourth feature is eternals from marvel which is coming november 5th supposedly maybe Uh, yeah and
1: you know i don't know how that's gonna go and i don't say that as a criticism of her directing ability because i think nomadland is really really well directed but i think it's just such a left turn Mm-hmm. It's huge I mean, I haven't seen her first two features, but from what I understand they're certainly more in the vein of nomad land kind of smaller intimate stories and uh it's that's a big it's a big departure so that that's awesome that she's got the gig and that she she's jumping at it or jumped at it but uh yeah it makes me even more curious to to see eternals.
0: Yeah, it seems like uh, it seems like Marvel likes to either grab them when they're pretty new, or or get them when they're very established <laughs> in terms of directors. So it's kind of it'll be interesting to see how some of these go. I know um, uh, Bowden and Fleck, who did Captain Marvel. I don't know that they had that many features under their belt by sure. that point. So you know, well, in
1: Marvel movies, well, they have a tendency to be somewhat designed by committee, which we'll I'm sure talk about in a bit. Yeah.
0: Um anything else Nick? No. All right. Um I have been watching a few movies. Uh Nicole got an inkling to watch Legally Blonde this weekend and I've literally never seen Legally Blonde until this weekend. Um and it was fun. That's really all that I have to say about it. I think it's a good movie and I enjoyed it. Um and it's it's interesting to see Reese, Reese Witherspoon at like really early on in her career and like hitting the peak at that point, probably one of the like peaks that she's probably gotten her career at this point. Um, but just to kind of see where that started off and, and kind of when she became one of America's sweethearts and then to see how she's kind of like turned into this producing a uh, uh, powerhouse in terms of like the stuff that she's done with HBO and, and all that type of stuff and big little lies and things of that nature. Um, so that was fun to tune into uh this weekend and then um there's two other things that we watched uh the last blockbuster which Ooh. is a documentary on Netflix now Tim did you guys talk <laughs> about this at all with uh with the video store you... episode no i yes. we
2: i had meant to watch it beforehand but no i haven't now that it's on Netflix though um i will yeah. i will definitely check it out yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's a documentary about the last blockbuster um and it very much they start off talking about video stores and video star culture and kind of the rise of blockbuster and and all that type of stuff uh but it was it was fun to watch it's uh it kind of slowly shifts into a focus on blockbuster very specifically especially the last few stores that remained open um and uh you know i won't spoil anything i won't spoil real life for those who think i can spoil real life but um it was fun to watch. They get a lot of fun people to talk about. Like it's it's a lot of um, it's mostly celebrities, but they also have uh, you know, I think they have the singer from Savage Garden and or the guitarist from Smash Mouth and like all kinds <laughs> of different people to talk about Blockbuster. And a lot of the celebrities that they talk about or that they talk to were people who also worked at Blockbusters at some point. They have a few pictures of Paul Shear working at a Blockbuster when oh he was a kid, and it's it's really funny. <laughs> Uh, he's got this really funny story about how, like, there was this girl who used to come in that looked like, um, Jamie Gertz and he was like trying to hit on her. And like one of the, one of the people who worked at the store was one of her friends and he was like, we should get her in here to do a signing as Jamie Gertz. And then he's like, but the whole thing kind of flopped because literally I was the only person who knew who who Jamie Gertz was at the time. (laughs) <laughs> um, so it was, it's pretty good. But no, it's fun to kind of hear people reminisce about the video stores and Kevin Smith is also in there quite a bit, kind of talking about, you know, the video store experience and the influence that it had on him and how great he thinks it would be to work at a video store. And I'm like, he hits a lot of good points. Um, but it's it's also fun to kind of look at it as a person who worked in a video store for a little bit as well. Um, so yeah, I think both of you guys would enjoy that one. Um and then there's one other Netflix that we talked about uh, that, that we watched. It's Operation Varsity Blues. I don't know if you guys saw that one up there, but um, this is a documentary about the college admissions scandal that just happened maybe only a year and some change ago with uh, Lori Laughlin and, and uh. Uh, other celebrities paying people to get their children into uh, very... Uh, you know the top of the line colleges Um, I think it's an interesting doc but I have a hard time this is a very heavily like they have uh, reenactments which I think are good because of the fact that like there were so many wiretaps in this case that they have actual dialogue that they can use um, and, and like have people play off of each other but like they literally have Matthew, Matthew Modine playing the dude who was like the string puller (laughs) of this whole thing. And it kind of really took me out of it. Every time Matthew Modine was in a wig on the screen, you know, saying the words that, that, you know, were said in these wiretaps. So the recreation part of it, like I always have a hard time with recreations in a lot of different uh, documentaries when they do pop up Uh, and, you know, crime documentaries mostly and things like that. But um but it is a really compelling story. And I think it's interesting if you didn't keep up on a lot of that news to kind of hear some of the, uh, some of the, how it all went down. And also like some of the conversations that these celebrities were having about their kids that are now very public (laughs) and things of that nature. Like it's, it's kind of heartbreaking in a way and it's a little bit funny sometimes, but, um, but it's also like, you know, very disappointing and, terrible that it's just this weird level of celebrity where it's like i'm not rich enough to donate a building to your college to get my kid in but i am rich enough to pay somebody like six hundred thousand dollars to get my kid into school through this weird loophole um so if you're interested in that at all it's up there operation varsity blues the college admissions scandal is the full title uh just went up on netflix in the past couple weeks so all right Shall we get to some news here? Let's do it. Uh let's start with the Disney news of the day or the week. Um so the 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 chips have fallen, uh the, the shoe has dropped, and uh Black Widow and also Cruella are now going to be released simultaneously on premium VOD through Disney Plus and also in theaters um and so black widow was scheduled to come out may of this year after being pushed back several times um but now they have pushed it back one last time to july 9th i believe if i have that sounds right and uh they're not only going to have it in theaters but they're also going to charge people who have disney plus subscriptions 30 dollars to watch this movie um so yeah i don't know did either of you guys check out mulan or raya and the last dragon the other two premium disney plus movies no i
1: really wanted to watch raya and the last dragon but i no, want to yeah.
2: i do want to see that one but I, yeah i we have I, yeah. I, I will wait until it hits
0: yeah we we ended up um We did pay for Mulan, but it was mostly because we were like, we ended up setting up a a TV outside and watched it with our neighbors because there was nothing else to do in the pandemic. So we could just sit in a backyard and watch a movie together, which was nice. Yeah, that is cool. Um, And, you know, we split it. So it was like 15 bucks per person. That's less than two tickets to the movie per couple. So I think it made sense. But, um, you know, with black widow that was kind of one where i'm not like so excited for it that i would be disappointed to not see it in a theater um but i do feel as though i'd be willing to pay 30 dollars to watch it opening weekend what do you guys how do you guys feel about that
2: mm, um <laughs> Oh, you want me to go first? Sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Seems like you already, you already are. You want,
2: me, you want to rock it with this take here? Um, I want to hear the hot take, Tim. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, honestly, I don't know. I'm uh, The Black Widow movie is not high on my list of anticipated movies this year. And mm-hmm. it's probably pretty low on my anticipated Marvel movies this year, even. So I, it's one that I will go and see probably I will, I will probably, or I will watch opening weekend because um, probably because my wife will want to mm-hmm. um, and cause she's very big in the market. But if it was just me, I would probably wait until, yeah. until it was uh, either on streaming or a rental It would yeah. be, would be Um. I just, yeah, I do have, I have trouble pulling the trigger on a $30 rental. I would rather see it in the theater if I had the choice. So, because yeah. I think I think just going to even see it with the people that I normally see movies with would definitely improve the experience for me overall. So,
0: Nick, what about you?
1: Are you do you feel similarly to to either of us? Yeah, I I agree 30 bucks is a hard 30 bucks is hard to spend. Uh, it's a movie to movie basis. So if it was something that like me and my wife are like both together, really excited to see, then it would be a little more justifiable, but I know she's going to have little to no interest in black widow. And so it would essentially just be me spending $30 for myself to watch it unless, you know, a few of us were to get together. And then that is, that's a bit of an ask unless with, with many Disney properties, it makes sense because you can rope the whole family into it. You know, if you have, yeah. if, if it's, if it's two parents and a couple kids, you know, then it makes totally makes more sense. But I think the larger issue for me is I'm starting to I'm 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 not good at watching movies at home because I my mind starts to wander unless it's something that I'm like really invested in like if it's a movie I'm really 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 excited to see. So like Bill and Ted 3 it was not a problem for me to sit and watch that at home and not pick up my phone or be distracted because I was really excited, you know. But mm-hmm. if it's something that I'm like oh I was meaning to get to that or I'm just cut. I'm just killing yeah I'm just killing <laughs> some time. Uh, Killing then, four hours, yeah, you know, just you know, just wasting my <laughs> night. Uh, then, then, yeah, it, it can my mind can wander, and inevitably the exp, the movie, the, my my retention of it, and, and ev- everything just suffers for it. There's no upside, uh, other than that I'm saving money, maybe at home, I guess. But uh, I'm with Tim. If if I am if, when this comes out in July 9th, I'm I'm certain that m- most everyone will be some degree of vaccinated by then and i think i'm probably pretty ready to venture back out to the theater and catch a matinee um you know and i I might be willing to spend the money on the rental if if the reviews are really good too i think that's not Mm. the thing if everyone's like oh damn this is actually really sweet then i'll probably go oh you know what like cool then then maybe it'll be worth it'll be worth checking out at home and and, you know depending on how cases are etc etc there's so many factors that'll go into this thing yeah um, really they would have been better off just releasing it in like November or whatever when we were all a little less like aware. we <laughs> were more willing to just be like, yeah, I'll go out, whatever. Um, but obviously with every day that passes uh, things, we seem to have more information and it's, it's generally never good. So um,
2: hey, Alex, I have a question for you on the rentals. Cause I'm, I'm not, I uh, know yeah. are these, are there a specific, uh, is there a specific time frame you get to keep the movie? So like Mulan, did you have it for more than one
0: day yes so with these premium rentals you have access to that movie until you unsubscribe of course but you get to view it as many times as you want and then eventually they put it up for everybody for free obviously right so in that case like but if you purchase if when we purchased mulan we had access to it i believe i believe until they released it for everybody like i think we we continued to have access to it so okay, Uh, so there could have been a certain time frame where they were like okay after 30 days or by this specific date we're removing it but i'm pretty sure if you paid the money you still got to watch it all the way through like it you had you could watch as many times as you want and you had access to it through the whole period until it went up and then everybody had access to it So so i
2: didn't i didn't think of this before but like this is so this is a good deal if you have a like if you have family and oh the yeah kid, and also i hope they keep this around for me if i want yes. to go watch a movie without kids like maybe <laughs> this will keep more families home and keep these little monsters from running around
0: <laughs> no uh, <laughs>
2: well, yeah I, well, I trying to watch a disney movie yeah
0: <laughs> when uh when trolls world tour was released digitally it was one of the big dominoes that fell during the pandemic and there were a lot i remember hearing a lot of parents that was like this was a godsend because I could put it on for my kids every day for like several weeks straight and they loved it
1: every single time, like that kind of thing. It's a great, it's a great model in the right context.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, and, and I think for some of those families that would be like, I would love to take my kids to go see this, but they haven't been to the theater yet. And I don't know that they're going to like grok on to what you do at the theater, like that kind of thing when they're that young, I think it's great for families to be able to say, all right, we'll pay $30 and watch this Disney movie together. But, um, will it stick around when COVID cases are low and, you know, people are more vaccinated and everything, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, but no, like I, I I'm, I'm at the point I'm, am fortunate enough right now to have received the first dose of the vaccine. And so I feel like I would be comfortable enough to go see this in a theater, uh, you know, hopefully with you guys or, you know, some group of us, but at the same time, if, if, you know, something happens where people are struggling to get vaccinated, you know, I mentioned uh, a couple, I don't know. I, we had talked about it on the last episode that maybe I would buy a projector and we could watch Kong versus uh, Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong together. I have now since bought a projector. And if we all wanted to get together and pay the $30 to watch black
1: widow, I'd be down to do it that way, too. so um, That would be fun. To Tim's point about the overall movie theater experience, I would pay more money for a theater ticket if it meant that no one under 18 was admitted, (laughs) no food (laughs) would be brought into the theater, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. cell phones were collected in a bucket and redistributed after the movie, and no groups larger than four.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The other thing, too, is like... (laughs) I, I can, guess I should just stay at home. <laughs> I, yeah, but I cannot make good popcorn. I'm terrible at mm. it for some reason. And so I kind of miss that.
1: I saw somebody, uh, I think it was on, it might've been on Facebook or Twitter. Or they they said they saw a man go into a movie theater and walk out like a minute later with a giant bucket of popcorn. Like he oh, went in a hero, just to a buy hero. it yeah, <laughs> and to bring it home. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, all right. You know what? M- like the local chain MJR
0: was doing that, where you could you could actually DoorDash popcorn from MJR if That's you cool. wanted to during the pandemic, and you could come in and buy. They were selling concessions even though they weren't showing movies in some cases because they were trying to, you know, still accrue money of some sort. Um, so it's I think it's been interesting that people have done that. The the movie theaters have been trying their best to do what they can to get some sort of revenue coming in. And it's been interesting to see how different people react to it. Some people are like, why would I buy their hot dogs when I could probably make one better myself at home? But like, yeah, I think yeah. like movie theater popcorn is a very specific.
1: Yeah. And I don't, I don't count popcorn as food at a theater. Yeah. Popcorn okay. is part of the experience for sure. I'm talking like dude getting a large pizza and having, you know, you're to like, like, him yes. And, having yeah. it be brought to the seat 10 minutes into the movie, like, yeah. You're talking straight to Tim, jail. Tim eating chicken fingers during, uh, thir- <laughs> 50 uh 50 <laughs> I mean, that seems like it would only, and I would, I would pay more for that <laughs> to include that. Oh boy. I'm just, I'm just really excited to get back into a movie theater. I, I miss it. Like there was that drone video that I sent you guys of the, the, the POV fly through the movie theater and I'm yeah. watching it. I just was like, Oh God, I miss the theater so much. Yeah. I can't believe how long it's been. It's crazy. Since Sonic. The longest in my entire life (laughs) since I was like six, I think, that I've gone without seeing a movie in the theaters. It's insane. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, um, I think there's some news that'll be getting Nick into the theater for a certain movie. uh, And that would be the fact that Pierce Brosnan oh. is going to be playing <laughs> Doctor
1: Fate. I was like, I thought we're done talking about Black Widow. <laughs>
0: Pierce Brosnan will be playing Doctor Fate opposite Dwayne Johnson in the Black Adam movie. Um, and so yeah, this is a uh, this is a movie that's been a long time coming. I believe I was honestly um, don't aren't Black Adam and Shazam kind of two sides of the same coin or something? Don't Black yeah. Adam's
2: Shazam's villain, right?
0: Okay, he is. So, um, I was kind of, I thought this movie kind of fell by the wayside when Shazam came out and Dwayne Johnson wasn't in it, although I haven't seen the movie. So maybe he is don't spoiler alert, because I'm probably going to watch it this weekend after all the DC that's been in my veins, but you haven't seen Shazam. I have not. Oh, Oh, I
2: think Shazam's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what I heard. I heard it was great. I don't know why I've been waiting because I've had it at my fingertips for a long time, but, uh, but no, this news of Pierce Brosnan being, being in in black Adam I feel like uh, is quite awesome <laughs> just to have Pierce Brosnan in like a big movie again, I think is great. Uh, Nick, how do you feel about this as the president of the Pierce Brosnan fan club?
1: Oh, I, I don't know. We might be co-chairs here. A few of us. <laughs> uh, I think we all love him for different reasons. We all love him equally, mm. but for different, uh, for different facets of his, of his multi-dimensional personality. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm thrilled, and I am confused, and uh, just <laughs> delighted. All I I just hope it's it's not a, a, uh, a Mandarin situation or something mm. something of that nature. I hope I hope it they go all in with this performance and special effects, and uh, oh man, it's it's crazy. It's so weird.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, uh, it's the- great. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter article that I'm reading says that they also have Aldous Hodge as Hawkman, Noah Centino as Adam Smasher, and Quintessa Swindell as Cyclone. And I know nothing about DC Comics or any of those other actors, so I can't shed any I'm real excited light on that Hawkman's
1: this. in it. That's really cool. That'll be a lot of fun uh tim what are your feelings
0: on pierce brosnan joining Uh, the dwayne the rock johnson this
2: this is a dream cast with just two people i don't know the other (laughs) people i'm sure they're fantastic but i don't i honestly don't care it's just it's the duo at the top of the bill right here um is yeah rock has been can you tell me a little bit about dr fate do you know i don't mean to put you on the spot here
1: yeah, but. he's. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not. I'm definitely not a DC super fan, but he's somewhat analogous to Doctor Strange, but he's more rooted in like uh, like artifacts and stuff. And I I think the the mantle, like the role of Doctor Fate, has been shared by a few people in DC, and I I could be incorrect about that. So I'm I'm definitely not the expert to go to. I've read a few comics, a few issues that he's been in here and there because I think he's a really cool. Like he's got a really cool look. And he's got a cool power set and he's uh, really good in Injustice 2. Uh, I had a lot of fun playing as him. So he's got like, he's just kind of a cool looking character. And I think DC has an advantage with me because they're the portrayals of the characters aren't as important. I don't need them to be quite as faithful because I'm just not a fan on that level. So, mm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm open to it. You're freer to interpretation. Basically. For the most part.
0: Yeah. No, I, I I mean I looked at some of the uh some of the images of Doctor Fate that are out there and I I'm like I'm pretty sure I've looked at this before and mistaken him for like a Nova comic or something. Yeah, like that. yeah,
1: he's got a really cool helmet and it does look a lot like Nova's. It is his costume is very cool. So
0: Yeah, I'm, it's awesome. I want to see Pierce Brosnan in that costume. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> oh my god, yeah.
2: Do you uh, and then I, I asked us, do you think this could lead to Rock being in Mamma Mia 3? Like they hit it <laughs> off and Rock travels to Greece i sure
0: f- hope so tim the what's boat. the name of mamma mia three is I- it gonna be like uh my my how could we forget you like what is the subtitle <laughs>
2: oh nope that's perfect
0: <laughs> okay okay good yeah so it'd be mamma mia mamma mia because it has go to be again. a lyric
2: from from, <laughs> from that, that song, song. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah i think uh-huh. that's the one probably um i guess it
2: depends on what they go with for the plot but I'm, now i've got the whole true. song running through my head
0: but well how could you forget doing the rock johnson so i think it works I think it's going to be okay. Uh, <laughs> Black Adam is being directed by jean Calais. Serra. I don't know how you actually say his name. So oh, my, my
2: man does all the, uh, the, does all the, uh, um, oh my gosh. Uh, um, oh, he does. What's his name? Oh my God, this is bad. Liam Neeson. He does <laughs> yes. all the Liam Neeson
0: movies. Yes, yes. <laughs> Director, director of House of Wax and Orphan uh, for our horror <laughs> oh, movie fans. Geez,
2: sorry. He made Orphan. <laughs> Um, oh my god. The the rock and Pierce Brosnan in a movie directed by the director of <laughs> Orphan I cannot believe that I am not in charge of
3: this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh but yes, also unknown the commuter uh run all night. I think no, let's see. Yeah, uh yeah. a whole lot of uh of Liam Neeson flicks. Action Liam Neeson. Yes. Uh era, of course. And cool. all, his,
2: all of those movies that you named off
0: there are very trashy fun. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. so. so Definite dad movies, I believe, yes.
1: would be there. Oh, he's uh, directing Jungle Cruise. I don't know if you said that or not. I was No, I did I was... not.
0: I, of course, I left off the maybe one of the biggest ones. The that one that been got been him the job. To. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his audition for Dwayne, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. It needs it Dwayne's needs approval. But, uh, yeah. No, I think uh, it's, that's exciting. And I it, I guess it'll be really funny when we get like a, a, an actual Black Adam Shazam crossover that might be more impactful than Justice League. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, we'll see. All right. I think that is uh, that is the end of the news, unless there's anything else you guys would like to
1: bring up. There's nothing bigger than that.
0: No, I, I don't think you're not can on this show. Than that. No, of course not. So I think it is time that we talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, the IMDb synopsis, says: determined to ensure Superman's ultimate sacrifice was not in vain. Bruce Wayne aligns forces with Diana Prince and plans to recruit a team of metahumans to protect the world from an approaching threat of catastrophic proportions. Starring Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, uh, Henry Cavill, many, many people. Ray Fisher, Jason Momoa, Ezra Miller as the main the main cast uh so this is this is the four-hour cut of this movie that originally came out in 2017 uh originally directed by zach snyder and then joss whedon and now back to uh, zach snyder uh and so you you guys saw this in theaters at great lakes crossing in 2017 uh when it was the joss whedon cut Mm-hmm. um unfortunately i wasn't there because i think these plans came together literally the night before they did uh as sometimes they do um but the best the, ones do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I have to say it, it is a regret that i was not there that day because uh, i feel like you guys really shared something there and and it seemed like it was a lot of fun were, were you guys the only ones in the theater
1: that day essentially
0: I think it was probably like a Saturday after Christmas or something like that.
1: It was, uh, it was within that that week, yeah, Christmas yeah. week.
2: you know, I don't think I was at this one. I think Willie was at Justice League i I came to Aquaman
1: I think I think ah, that is the case. And yeah,
2: Willie okay. didn't go to Aquaman, so we swapped him out with yeah. like, interchangeable Tim, Tim
1: got the better the better uh, experience
0: <laughs> I didn't go to either of these, and I regret it very much, so next yeah, time this
1: is the way we should be seeing all DCEU movies. <laughs> Well, that sure. was originally the goal because we, we made the plan so last minute. We said we have to go to a faraway theater. We have to go to an obscenely early showtime. <laughs> and we went, I think, to the 9 a.m. Justice League uh, to a theater that was 30 minutes away.
0: It's, it's, it's beautiful.
1: Um, and then we went to AMC Forum 30 for Aquaman mm-hmm. out in okay. Sterling but it was Heights also very commerce. early. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we made it a point to go as early as we could. <laughs> The goal is to be done by lunchtime and then have lunch.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So early I couldn't get my order of chicken fingers to.
1: (laughs) Again, that's part of the goal.
0: (laughs) Um, So I guess real quick in terms of the 2017 justice league, theatrical cut. uh, Do you got, would you get Tim? How did you feel about that movie?
2: I, I thought at the time, I have not watched it in its entirety since I saw it in either the theater. I think I saw it in the theater um, later. It was, I didn't really have any issues with it. I mean, I had issues with it, but like it was fine. I mean, it was bad, but it was also like kind of enjoyed parts of it. And some of that's still in this cut and some of it's not, Mm -hmm. but it always felt like this weird Frankenstein monster of a movie Mm
3: -hmm. that, (laughs)
2: looking looking at it back at it now i don't know how it could be anything but if you're trying to make a two-hour cut of what what we've seen um it just it it felt but the thing is it these movies to me these zack snyder dcu movies always kind of felt like they were missing important beats to the story and so the justice league movie was really no different for me um okay I haven't, I've only seen bits and pieces of the theatrical since just on like cable showings. So, I, I mean, like I said, I, I didn't really have any strong opinions on it
0: either way. Okay. Nick, how did you feel about 2017 Justice
1: League? I, when we went to go see it at the theater, I remember expecting disaster. <laughs> and I think uh, mostly fueled by what we knew that they had subbed in somebody who is tonally. Uh, very different from Zack Snyder, and the the studio had made such an effort to de Zack Snyder the whole thing, uh, very publicly. I don't think there was really much of there wasn't much doubt what they were trying to do, mm-hmm. and I think we were all just very curious to see how it was going to work. And you know, it. I turn I remember I turned to Gojo and Willie like partway through it, and I was like, this it wasn't bad so far and they both were kind of like yeah like we were we were laughing at some of the jokes we were enjoying some of the action and when it ended ultimately we were all like yeah that was fine like we it was fine it wasn't great like obviously none of us watched it again until just this week <laughs> uh you know 4 years on essentially uh so it it wasn't good but it also wasn't like putrid i wasn't like ugh or like mm-hmm. mad that i that i had spent a couple bucks on it and certainly the this is part of the reason we tried to soften the blow was by going so early and making a weird, (laughs) stupid event out of it was to kind of just, you know, uh, cushion us before impact. Uh, And I went back and watched Most of it recently, because after you watch a four hour cut of this, a two hour cut seems like no problem. (laughs) And (laughs) a movie that's still too long suddenly feels way more digestible than it did before. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the stuff that I thought and I may be getting ahead of us here, but a lot of the things that I thought worked in the theatrical, I realized don't work Mm. now that I've seen the Snyder cut. And so this movie has taken on almost like three forms. It's got the (laughs) initial experience of the theatrical cut, then the Snyder cut. And now any subsequent rewatches of the theatrical cut are going to feel like a different movie again. So it's just very strange. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, of course, after hearing your guys like, oh, it's fine, you should watch it, I believe I did watch it uh, myself at some point, and I was like, yeah, this is okay. It very much felt like a an early to mid-2000s mm-hmm. comic book movie, um, and so there wasn't much that I felt like I needed to complain about, especially because I'm not that beholden to a lot of DC heroes at all, um, and so I feel like the Whedon cut was fine as, as Tim said. So, um, but of course now we have a four hour version of this movie that we can talk about um, (laughs) that we've all braved the six chapters plus prologue and epilogue of. Can I, um,
2: can I ask a question here real quick? How many sittings, how many sittings for everybody? I was three, I think. Nick.
1: Oh, I I'm trying to remember. I think it was at least three. I think it might've been four.
0: Okay. I think technically two on the same night for me. Okay. Um I, I ended up watching about an hour and then uh and then Nicole and I watched T V and stuff before she went to bed and then I resumed it and finished it at like twelve forty in the morning. Um
1: so <laughs> what a champ yeah. <laughs> that's the no, no two people can experience this movie the same way it's incredible no,
0: <laughs> well and it's funny because I got probably like two hours to two hours and 30 minutes into the movie and I had taken a couple <sighs> notes that I thought were particularly silly and I texted them to Nick and was just like does this mean i should stop here <laughs> and then like of course i think nick responded maybe like 30 minutes later or something and i had just continued on or whatever but nick was like dude and then he sent me a screenshot of his notes with one of the exact same notes on it um so you know i ended up continuing on and just braving it all in one night because uh, to, to be honest it hooked me at a certain point but we'll, we'll get to that shortly um but yeah, so Zack Snyder's Justice League. There's a lot of information out there about how this came to be. Uh, so if you want to know about any of that, please Google it. Uh, a lot of people clamored for it for a long time on Twitter in some uh, okay methodology and other not okay method methodological ways. Um, and so it sucks that it kind of sucks that fandom can make hollywood redo movies um and it's something that we've seen before in the video game context with mass effect 3 uh and who knows with the power of the internet maybe we'll see it again soon in some form but um but this the whole situation is a very weird beast and it feels weird to be on the other side of it now where we can kind of evaluate whether it was worth it and and what it really did to this movie that was before us so With all of that in mind, um, I do want to do kind of brief non-spoilers, if we can, and then we'll move right into spoilers because I know there's going to be a lot to discuss. So, Tim, I'm going to throw to you first. uh, How did you feel about Zack Snyder's Justice League?
3: Oh, boy.
2: (laughs) Brief. Brief. For this movie,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the um, non-spoiler section is forty minutes. Yeah, and right. The spoiler section is going to be three hours long.
2: <laughs> so I'll run through a couple of things. It's uh, so I'll touch on a couple of things real quick that I don't want to touch on too much. Like you kind of mentioned the behind-the-scenes stuff and all mm-hmm. of the in yep. the fandom stuff. I just want to say it's I out of all of that stuff that I am happy for Zack Snyder getting his vision to the screen. Finally, I think it's a cool story. I think it's good for him. Like great. Um, and also he's done a great job uh, as using this as a vehicle to, cause he's used this as a vehicle to kind of raise funds for, and I'm trying to find the American foundation for suicide prevention.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, cause I know this is a very personal film for him in a lot of ways, both on screen and off. So I think I was, I don't necessarily like what was done to him. It, as far as the behind the scenes stuff with Warner brothers and I, it's a weird beast of a movie um, Mm -hmm. that has taken on a life of its own. And at the end of the day, I'm, I am happy as, as he is an artist to get his art in front of as many people as he was. Um, The other thing I want to touch on too, though, and I won't do this much, I promise is like Marvel versus DC. And it, Mm -hmm. cause I think this past weekend was a kind of a cool snapshot of both Um, properties, whatever you want to call them, both companies. Because you have, on the Marvel side of things, you have Falcon and Winter Soldier. And without trying to spoil too much, Falcon and Winter Soldier focuses a lot on the personal lives of certain characters. There's a plot that takes up half of the show that is focused specifically on Falcon's personal life and something he needs to do. Whereas the DC characters, to me, when I was growing up reading these two things, That was it. Marvel was Marvel always did that kind of stuff. And that was, that's what always drew me to them. But DC characters were like gods and they were bigger than life. And that's what this movie is in a lot of ways. Mm. And Snyder at his best, in his best moments gets that in, in all of his DC works. He, he understands that. And I really dig that about his movies Is he understands that these DC characters aren't like the Marvel characters, They are they are gods amongst men. And it's part of what makes me really like. Probably the only thing I like in Batman versus Superman is that idea of Batman trying to take down this godlike figure and and just kind of raging against it in a lot of ways. It's a cool idea. Um, I also think Snyder is a tremendous visual filmmaker. And that's that's on display here. Um, I think that's both a positive and a negative, especially in a four-hour movie because there are times when he falls in love with it he's he's making movie as in splash pages in a comic book and there are times when i you're kind of like come on man there is a shot in batman versus superman where there's a family on a house that's it's like flooding around them during a hurricane Mm -hmm. and superman comes to save them And he's standing in front of the sun. He's obscured by the sun and he's, he's posed like Christ because that's all you can do with Superman, apparently. (laughs) Um, So he's posed like Christ and he's seriously like on a comic book, you look at that and you go, that is a great striking visual. And then you move on to the next one. But in in the Zack Snyder movie, he lingers on it for like 15, 20 seconds. And you're just like, Hey, are you going to save these people? (laughs) (laughs) Like, Help out. Um, Now, the perfect ver- version of this movie for me, because it is, I mentioned it a little bit too, is it's four hours long and uh, now is not the time to be sticking up for Josh Whedon in any way, but <laughs> he was given a, a Herculean task when he was brought in on this to cut this down to two hours. I don't know how you can do that possible yeah. without losing so much of the story. It's because there's so much going on. You can definitely cut it down. So my perfect version of this may be probably around three hours, maybe in um, end game um, mm-hmm. length, because uh, I think it's workable. I still think it's too long and it doesn't fix the main issue for me, which is you have so many main characters. And I think really only one of them, arguably two, have an arc. And the one of them I'm thinking of is Batman. But honestly, Batman's arc is tied into another movie for me because it's about him kind of um, finding his faith and finding faith in others. But that ties back into Batman versus Superman. So I don't know how well it works in just, just this just one movie. Cyborg, I think, does. But Cyborgs isn't really Cyborg and Flash to me just feel like they have more stuff to do here. And it doesn't necessarily feel like a great arc for me with Cyborg because it's it, it for me it's he's mad at his he's a at the end of the day he's just another uh, morose superhero with with parental issues with mommy and daddy issues <laughs> and and maybe I just don't find it interesting at this point especially with uh, Batman hanging around but it it it's not it doesn't particularly grab me with him um, and honestly yeah more Ezra Miller is never a good thing so at the end of the day like this is a cool experiment it didn't work for me really much as a uh, movie or as how I tried to watch it which was kind of a TV show miniseries I think it has cool moments I will never revisit this or the theatrical cut again I might revisit moments of this but overall it was kind of a miss for me and that was not brief I'm sorry
0: no I think that's I think you you had a Herculean task of summarizing (laughs) your thoughts on this thing (laughs) uh, in a, in a brief window. So, uh, Nick, what about you? How, how can you summarize your thoughts about Zack Snyder's justice league in a
1: non-spoilery way? Well, I'm, I'm never one for summarizing. So (laughs) like I, like I texted you guys when I was probably midway through this, I said, listen, I'm a big Terrence Malick fan. I'm a big (laughs) Paul Thomas Anderson fan. I like to take a long, slow walk through a, through a movie for sure. I'm no stranger to, a nice slow pace and then really kind of just letting letting it all unfold at, at a leisurely uh, s- stroll and this movie was a struggle for me and you know like the, pretty much exactly as tim said i'm really torn because i i love the 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 idea the story of an artist who left a work incomplete? You know, getting to to see it realized in the way that they wanted it to be realized, and I like the idea of a movie that was cut down by by a studio and by a combination of real life tragic circumstances. Uh, I like the the mythical idea of a superior version out there, getting to see the light of day. But I just don't think Zack Snyder is that artist. <laughs> I don't think that this is really that movie. Uh, it it just Uh, I pretty much have to say exactly what Tim said. I think there is, I think there's a really good version of justice league possible. And I refuse to, to spend too much more time thinking about what that might be because we've already seen two versions of this movie that didn't deserve a second version in the first place. (laughs) Uh, You know, this, this is all, this was all ruinous from the start because Warner brothers and Zack Snyder's whole approach to building a universe was flawed. Uh, it was, it was in trouble before it even left the station. And I think that two not good versions of this movie that are very different from each other have proven that you just didn't do it well. And maybe on one level, that's okay. I mean, there's a lot of things to like about this movie. And I think one thing that's that's cool about it that kind of echoing back to what I started to say earlier is that listen, I like, I like most of the Marvel movies a lot. And I think that that's no secret. And Part of the reason that pretty much everybody likes all the Marvel movies to an extent is that they're all kind of samey in a lot of ways. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it doesn't always make for the most stimulating experience. But you, you kind of know what you're getting most of the time when you go to a Marvel movie. And sometimes that can get a little dull and a little dry with, with some of the properties. And sometimes the, the lead performances or the special effects, or the power set of whichever character you're seeing can help elevate it above you know, the, the kind of middle of the pack. But this movie, for better or for worse, is definitely more of a of, of a flawed work of art. And it's it is pretty unique and it has a lot of really standout moments. And the highs are really high, but the lows are really low. And it's it's kind of wild and kind of crazy and unpredictable and sort of untamed and, and rough around the edges. And, and I'm not going to lie, sometimes it was pretty exciting to watch and just like shake my head and be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and just say, how did, how did this get past uh, the, the committee? But ultimately, you know, the conditions were right for Zach to be able to do whatever the hell he wanted. And it, it resulted in something kind of spectacular in that it is so unique. And that's where you could kind of cue the Dr. Manhattan speech about the, the miracle of, uh, of, of birth <laughs> in this movie. Uh, existing in, in the state that it does. So, I think it's it's a, it's an interesting experience. And if it hadn't been broken up into parts like it was, I would hate it with every fiber of my being. But because it was split up like that and it had those built-in kind of checkpoints for me to say, okay, cool, I know this this is where I can press pause or press stop for the night or for the afternoon and I could come back to it and I won't feel like I left in the middle of something important. It was a genius move. And I think it's the only way to, to kind of treat this as though it's like a mini series, And f- for that, it was a pretty interesting experience. Uh, non-spoilery as far as the movie goes, you know, Tim, Tim hit one of my main points that uh, makes DC unique. And as a foil to Marvel is that DC is definitely uh, gods playing at being men, trying to uh, live among men and in some ways lead normal men's lives. And Marvel is definitely men trying to be more than they are trying to, to get up to God level or trying to deal with the ramifications of being gods. And I think that where this movie utterly flat out fails for me is that the a lot of the times the gods are not really suited to be gods and they're not doing a good job of, of shouldering the load in the way that we need them to. And I think that that's been one of the biggest sticking points for a lot of people with Snyder's DC movies from the start is that Everyone's just a giant bummer most of the time. And that's not what we want to see out of these larger than life kind of Titan characters. We want to see them as the sterling example of what we should be. And I think it's even more tragic because Snyder's so close to getting it. And he has the woven in there, the lines from, from well, I can't talk about that, I guess, until spoilers. But uh, he get he just gets so close, I think, to getting the essence of what we all collectively feel these characters should be about and yet just refuses to to take a real look at what they should be embodying and instead just turns to some instincts to make everything a bummer and make everybody dark and make everybody angry and and tragic. And I understand the instinct to an extent that you want to see these characters get put through the ringer and rise above it, but the problem is if they don't if they don't actually rise above it in a meaningful way, then it just kind of loses all all of its luster. Um uh, let's see if I have any other non-spoilery notes. Nah, not really. I mean, it it has it has good stuff in it, and I think some characters come out better than they did in the Whedon's cut, and I think some of them come off worse. And so ultimately, it just kind of is is middling. Um, I, I think overall, if I had to watch one again, if I would, I guess I would watch this one, but I don't know because I think a lot of the really we, Whedon did some things that worked, I think really well for me. And if, if there could be a cut that was like around three hours, like Tim said, and it was 80% Snyder cut and 20% Whedon, I think it probably would be a really cool movie.
0: All right. Um, I think this is a bad movie and, uh, and I think it's also probably a bad mini series, but I think there's three hours of a good mini series in there. And I think, um, I think, ultimately like if we're looking at it as a movie itself i I don't i don't think four hours works for this and which is something that both of you have said but what i will say here is that i think what watching this and the ultimate cut of batman versus superman uh over the past couple days has really shown me is that i think snyder mostly needs a story editor more so than a better movie editor. But he could use both very well, I think. Um, Because I think there is a lot of good in here, but I don't necessarily know that there's a whole lot that can be done without some very big rewrites on how everything goes down. And I think, Nick, you kind of touch on the idea that, like, we want these characters to be gods, but... the the gods that we know the like the archetypes that we want them to be the sterling example i think is something that dc has always thrived on with a lot of their characters until you know frank miller came around and started messing with those expectations a bit and i think that's true but also as you said snyder hasn't really ever been interested in that and they've kind of played this more non-archetypal petulant kind of greek god type situation that we've been looking at and i think this movie does nothing to pay off on that for any of these characters. It almost completely drops it. And that's almost kind of why I enjoy it more because at this point we get to kind of see these heroes just being these heroes. It's like somebody dumping their, their action figures out and just playing with them. And it kind of abandons any other, like commentary that I feel like Zack Snyder really wanted to make about gods among men. Um, and so what I will say I had a good time watching this after the first hour, Mm -hmm. and it has some really new and fresh and beautiful stuff in it um like there's there's uh there's a moment that really kind of took my breath away that i was not expecting in this movie at all and we'll get into that in spoilers but just like there's some really really entertaining very Zack snydery stuff in this movie and it made me finally kind of realize some of the geniuses of Zack snyder as somebody who didn't and has never seen the 300 has only seen (laughs) man of steel (laughs) batman versus superman Justice League and Sucker Punch, and did not like Sucker Punch at all. Did you see Watchmen or no? Oh, I did see Watchmen as well, and hated uh, okay. it. Okay, um, just making so, sure. Yeah, no, and and I and You're I bought correct. the director's cut, and I would like to watch that. <laughs> even though I think it's also a very very long time,
1: it is. But it is better than the theatrical version of Watchmen, though. So he's he's there's a method.
0: And that's that's what I'm saying is that like filling in like this movie finally fills in some motivation for Steppenwolf, which I think
1: was mm-hmm.
0: missing from the Whedon cut a lot, and mm-hmm. it went yes. further for me than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Um, And so that was very interesting, and and you know the characters that are inserted because of that kind of motivation, I think were were fun to see, even if they didn't get to do a whole lot. Um. So that's kind of awesome, and then on top of that, just the moments that you get to see of these larger-than-life characters actually interacting with each other is really, really nice in in this movie. There's a few places where it falls apart, but the Whedon cut has a moment when they all really come together for the first time minus superman and they're all really really aggressive with each other kind of almost like what you like what to to draw another parallel to the avengers like the moment when they all get loki's staff on the helicarrier but i think in the snyder cut it's a lot more nuanced which i was not expecting and it's very much like you get to see these people play off of each other and bounce a little bit and see them coming together in a much more like humanistic kind of way that I think really worked for me. And, and that type of stuff is really kind of weirdly absent from the Whedon cut from what I remember of the, that actually took me three, three sits to get through in the past three weeks. Cause I did kind of rewatch it, but mm-hmm. I, I've watched them so far apart that I kind of forgot what was in one cut and not in the other. Yeah. It
1: gets so, hard to differentiate sometimes.
0: Yeah. So I think in the end, like I really, this is a really unique circumstance and I don't know that we'll see something like this again. We might. Um, but I think as Tim said, it's beautiful that Snyder got to finish this vision. And on top of that, I I like that it kind of finally made Zack Snyder click for me as a viewer. Mm. Um, But I do think that, with just the right suggestions and combinations of like studio notes or editing or both, he would have had something amazing here, but it does not fix the issues that are seated in Batman versus Superman. Um, and this is coming from somebody who enjoyed man of steel and honestly doesn't think a whole lot would need to change with that movie.
1: Um, I still agree with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like I, I think, I think Batman versus Superman and justice league very much are like, two weirdly cohesive un- units that don't operate that well together and so um but yeah I think we can get into spoilers so far it sounds like all of us kind of like appreciated the journey but don't feel the need to like relish in it <laughs> you know <laughs> Does what makes sense
1: I, I, yeah. oh for sure I think I forgot to mention this if this movie was in 169 I would go back to it way faster wow okay This four three bothered the shit out of me
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah i was i was it was interesting because i was like oh that, that hasn't necessarily come up yet but i also don't necessarily feel like it impacted my viewing of it that much but i i get it like it very much for for people who don't know the fact that this movie takes up a square on your tv rather than the whole tv or you know a rectangle on the tv um was a conscientious choice because the movie was shot in an IMAX aspect ratio. And for some reason they felt the need to keep that intact for this movie on a streaming service that isn't going to be in IMAX theaters for a while. So, um, <laughs> 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 not to mention that, but they also released a cut of the ultimate edition of Batman versus Superman that does the same thing.
2: Do you think HBO Mac is going to be in an IMAX theater? Do you think I will be able to watch Arliss? In IMAX?
0: <laughs> um maybe, but um, probably not. I don't know. We'll have to see. Robert I think Wolf we,
2: finally we, on the big.
0: <laughs> we know a guy that could make it happen. I think, but uh, <laughs> yes, we do. The, the, clo- the closest approximation of that, but anyway. Can you, I'm imagine, you I,
1: go ahead? Go ahead, Tim.
2: No, I'm just glad. I was want to say. I'm glad Alex touched on the Steppenwolf side of things because that is one non-spoilery thing. Is I think that. The extra time really benefited Steppenwolf for me, at least. So, mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, I, I
1: think most characters benefited, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but we'll. I'll talk about the ones I think. <laughs> I, didn't. Don't,
2: I don't. I don't agree with you on the Flash.
1: <laughs> <I> <laughs> yeah, think, we'll, like we'll, I said, we'll, more Flash was bad. <laughs> we'll get into specifics there.
0: Yeah, let's let's get into spoilers. We're gonna enter spoiler Terry right now. All the gloves are off, and then somehow we're gonna find a way to talk through this four hour long movie in, in the next hour. Let's or just so, record but. a commentary right now. <laughs> All right. Everybody hit play. Um
3: yes, <laughs> no, the flash. <laughs>
0: I don't know. So the flash I guess we can kind of start there. Uh that flash intro in this movie is pretty bad in a lot of respects. Especially for me and, and Bruce in our Discord hit it on the head. Like when he goes to brush Kiersey Clemens playing iris west's hair out of her face in slow motion just felt so damn weird to me and like the hot dogs flying i don't i can't even how do you even talk about it it's i sound like a fucking insane person right now i don't understand how you
2: i don't understand how you look at that thing and and like say like oh this is good we gotta keep this like i i that it blew my mind and honestly this that has a really bad needle drop too doesn't it
1: It's just perplexing, the song choice. Like, it's Song of the Siren. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Zack Snyder has a lot of film student instincts. I think he has, like, he he just sometimes has these gut ideas of, like, wouldn't this be cool if... And just doesn't... He doesn't have a sounding board or a writing partner or directing partner to help say, no, man, that sounds Mm -hmm. stupid, or... That seems a little amateurish. Why don't we see how we can refine it or maybe not? Like it just, it seems like he gets these ideas and he gets really stoked about it. Or he hears a song. He probably heard that song on his playlist and was like, yo, the flash should do a sequence to this song. Wouldn't that be just what, what a juxtaposition that would be. And just doesn't ever bother to think if it fucking works or not. And that's the story of this entire movie. Like there, there are so many times where I'm like, did anybody say out loud, Hey guys, Does this fucking work?
2: And here's so here's what also kind of sucks about that scene for me is uh, it's weird as it is. But there's that line in the um, I think in the theatrical that's not in this one where Batman says to Barry, he says, just save one person. Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: it's a great line, honestly. And if that line were still in this cut, I could almost forgive that scene because maybe he's thinking about saving that one person. But that line is gone. And so it's just this weird scene that doesn't go anywhere. And we never actually, I think the idea is we're supposed to get some sort of, we focus on the Flash and Cyborg during those moments. But we don't really, we get an origin story for Cyborg, but we don't for the Flash. He's just the Flash right now. And we never, we get bits of information on him, but we don't get an origin story. So we're spending all this time with him. And I just, it's once again, it's another, I don't really know these characters that well in this movie
0: yeah yeah and and i think that's part of part of part of what i was saying in the discord the other day in terms of like honestly i think this movie weirdly benefits from the fact that after the release of the theatrical cut you had um aquaman coming out and so like there's a lot of weird Parallels that I can draw to this of like I've seen Aquaman before. I watched this movie. I also saw the theatrical cut of this movie before I saw the Snyder cut. And so when I walk into the Snyder cut and I know about the Flash and I know about Cyborg and I know about Aquaman, I can't even like imagine what this movie would be like without all of that context. Oh, before. just come to my house and try watching it with my wife.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I can't, and that's the thing. I don't want to subject Kim or or uh, Nicole to the four hours of this movie because if you're not
1: Oh, I felt bad.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like if you're not interested in the subject matter of this movie at all, sitting through four hours of it just does does not it's not, I can't well, do that. Especially
1: anybody. the way it opens. Like, literally, the opening yes. scene, she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yes. And I was like, she hasn't seen BVS. And I was like, oh, yeah. And she's like, what's going on? What What's this? And I was like, oh, Superman dies at the end of B." She's like, what the? Sh- okay, I guess I don't need to see that. And I was like, no, you don't anyway. But she just was like, she, you know, we she tried really hard, to her credit. We watched, like, part one and some of part two and she was like i just don't think this is for me and i was like well yeah it's not for anybody i'm like you know like no. you said like you said alex it it does kind of hook you it, it started to hook me in part three it made mm-hmm. me want to continue it in part three to at least see it through but the first solid hour of this i, I think is is utter swill yes and 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 embarrassing
0: it, it and it very much <laughs> felt like we were telling the exact same story but longer And and so having that comparison point is just it it really
1: hurts by the by the sixth helicopter shot of Bruce Wayne (laughs) riding a horse on a mountain I was like oh no (laughs) oh no all right so no no amount of Nick Cave can save this
2: (laughs) I texted you guys during my right after my first hour of this because I know you guys you guys hated it and I want I want to defend myself a little bit. (laughs) So uh, um, (laughs) I touched on it a little bit. I like I like when I like how Snyder approaches these characters and so much of that first hour is treating them like these gods that they are in these movies. And (laughs) the other thing, too, is that first hour is Zack Snyder unleashed. And that, like that, death rattle of Superman for the first five minutes of the movie, I was <laughs> dying inside because I just like you do, you Zach. Like this, is, like this is your cut. <laughs> Nobody else would think to open a movie with that insane of an opening. Um, and then there was the singing on top of it, the gods earlier, mm-hmm. the, uh, the return to Aquaman, on the sea, and the villagers coming out to singing, and he doesn't cut. Like, right away, he just lets it go on. <laughs> <I'm> so, <laughs> it's so crazy. And then also, I do kind of like that we get some... The tough part about this movie is I kind of like that we get some information, the backstory there, on on the bother boxes. The thing is, in a four-hour story these mother boxes should make some sense by the end of it and they (laughs) don't for me (laughs) and part of it is because there's so many just info dumps in this movie it's hilarious Mm. um it's just it's info after info and I think it's part of this because he spent so much time just just 10 minutes of slow motion but um but I liked it but then it also it kind of hurts Dark Seeds character because like we've already defeated him once and like now we've got we've got superpowers and this guy like he's no threat (laughs) And the other, the funniest thing—I don't know. There's some laugh-out-loud moments in this movie that I'm sure we'll touch on too. But the humans just bury the box in the ground.
0: <laughs> yeah. What a human move! <laughs> <Just> fucking idiots.
2: <laughs> they won't find it here. Let's bury it two feet underground.
3: <laughs> just
2: dig maybe, a hole.
0: Maybe they should have taken it to the moon, like uh, the Transformers movie, where they were, right. they were on the moon for some reason. Um, that would have been good. But
1: no, I, and, and I mean, clearly, if you build a stronghold for it, he's going to zero right in on it. <laughs> true, true. So you just bury it somewhere in Ohio and no one will find it. <laughs> um,
0: no, I, I do think that, like, I had a lot less issue with the mother boxes this time around because of that backstory, like you're saying, Tim, and getting a little bit more about like. What was going on with it? And then on top of that, like, I think where the movie starts to click and I think it's about an hour and maybe it's a little bit longer than that for me, the part where I was fully like I, I finally pulled the roller coaster restraint down on my lap and was like, okay, turn the roller coaster on (laughs) was when was, was in that uh, very fun facsimile of the Lord of the Rings retelling, you know, where you get the the, the big amazons war. and the atlanteans and the humans coming together to fight off dark side and i think yeah. i think that came together beautifully and i think it is very much copied straight out of lord of the rings but i think he did it really well and it was fun to watch and there was this like really buff looking Dominic cooper like dude playing zeus for some reason and like watching all of them fight together and there was a green lantern there i was like oh this is really sweet this is awesome all the toys are coming out right now and so you should watch 300
1: alex for sure probably i think yeah. i'd probably enjoy it yeah i'll go would. back to it but I, I, yeah i, I, I think have my- that
2: and donner his best movies yeah yeah <laughs> it,
1: so it you- makes me sad that you didn't get to see 300 back in like oh six when it came out because it it blew the doors off of the movie theater. I
0: I know it did. And that's kind of why I like, haven't watched it because I kind of wanted the hype to die down. And it has certainly died down. I have seen Dawn of the dead and I liked it very much, but it wasn't given the oeuvre of Zack Snyder. It feels like the least (laughs) Zack Snyder movie to me for some reason. So, you know, like, I think that's kind of why I sit there, but, um, I still have my japanese copy of 300 on umd that i need to watch so uh i'll report back as snyder intended yes just as Zack snyder intended in 240p uh but um but no no tim i think you're right like there i think there are some very useful parts in that first hour but i think largely like so much of it feels like retread of what we already know that um that I don't, it was very hard for me to get through it and be like, Oh, this is going to be a fun time, but I am glad that I finally gave in and let it wash over me at some point.
2: <laughs> yeah. My, once again, my defense was not that it was good. My, de- no, my defense don't. was, it was exactly what I was hoping for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so how are we doing this? Are we doing it character by character? Or are we just,
0: just free? free I, you movement? know, I think, and I think from the flat, I guess. So let's finish off on the flash. Um, I really liked, oh, sorry. Uh, well, I was gonna, I was gonna go straight to the end. Is there anything before that? That that was where I was going. Go for it. So (laughs) the, the final conflict of this movie, the way that it all comes together is so much cooler than the Whedon cut. Absolutely. A thousand times. And it like, it made the whole journey worth it for me. Like I, I even rewatched it right before we recorded And it did bring tears to my eyes because the visuals of it are so beautiful. And I was like, Mm -hmm. God, this would look amazing on an IMAX and just Barry speaking to his dad and the, the time traveliness of it all, just the meaning of all of it feels (coughs) like, like everything coming together in such a beautiful way. And not only that, but the fact that like Barry's charging up to then push cyborg into the mother boxes where he has a very meaningful confrontation with, who he he is and who his parents are and stuff like that to him um i feel like all of that comes together so much more beautifully in this than than the whedon cut so tim you you were about to say something about it like it
2: no i like i like the flash running back time ending um mm -hmm. the only thing i didn't like about it is i didn't know that everybody disintegrated it, like yeah he never does a good job of showing it and so like i was just like oh gross <laughs> but no, um, yeah. <laughs> but it was kind of funny anyway but um i but i like it and i also like it as a callback to dick donner's superman um in a way And i thought it was really cool and honestly if the movie would have ended probably with the with that and then the clark um bruce scene on the farm
1: that's where it, it should end
2: yeah i i probably would have liked this movie as a whole um but then it goes on a little longer but and i i also think that a streamlined version of the flash story that gets rid of like the iris scene for example mm-hmm. might work better to lead into that final moment so because it, a lot of it a lot of the stuff with him is just kind of there to be there in some some cases so
0: well and it's weird because he kind of gets used as comedic relief right. but it's even worse in the Whedon cut in my opinion yeah, in a lot of ways too so like I, I like that that kind of got dialed back but also i totally agree i think the Irish scene needed to go uh nick what, what were your thoughts on kind of the, the whole arc of the flash and that kind of ending
1: it 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 works it, it all works really well for me a lot more i think than than tim certainly um i i kind of like Ezra miller as the flash yeah uh, which is weird because, well, The Flash is my favorite DC character and I think he has the potential to be the most interesting character because he has the ability to essentially, he's to do anything, right? Like mm-hmm. he is so insanely OP and I think that's awesome because he, he generally doesn't abuse it except for the... First scene with him in this movie is <laughs> <It's> really <laughs> weird and he can't really I can't really forgive. I think it's a really cool showcase of his powers. Like the way his shoes explode mm-hmm. and he pushes just pushes his way through the glass. I think it's so cool. Uh, just the the visual sensibilities. Like he's he's a character that Zack Snyder is really suited to to work with because his ability to demonstrate the power he wields uh is really cool and it doesn't make me question the physics of how he can move people around like it Mm -hmm. should (laughs) because i think they would all be liquefied but whatever you let it go Uh, you
0: know and and i will say real quick to that point the one thing that i did like about that iris scene is what you're saying here where he has to very gently kind of Mm -hmm. reposition her otherwise he would just completely break her probably like is Right. That's a really interesting point, but I also feel as though there might have been a better way to go about that than having him, you know, touch her hair and grab a hot dog. If,
1: if it had just been an anonymous person, I yes. think it would have worked more. But the fact that they don't seem to know each other and they just kind of exchange this glance of like they have they have some chemistry when they see each other. They're just attracted to each other like that's fine. But yeah, he just comes across really gross. And yes, Barry Allen should not be gross. Yeah, um, it. In general, I think that the character overall, though, was was certainly benefited in this version over the Weeden one. The Weeden one has lots of creepy stuff of him and Wonder Woman, and mm-hmm. it's not funny and it's not cute and it's just really. Gross. Maybe he's
2: just creepy though. Maybe this Barry Allen is just creepy.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that they, for some reason, <laughs> lean into that—that that he's yeah. just kind of a kind of a weirdo. They turn him into like Hollow Man <laughs> instead of a hero. They and I just think about all the ways he would abuse the shit out of this, and it, it just freaks me out because he should be using it to save everything, and it's, it's a. Uh,
0: it's a very fine line between like awkward, socially awkward nerd and incel, which is what I think, Nick, you, you call him an incel in one of our texts earlier. Yeah. And I think that absolutely does could certainly ring true in that Irish scene. But like even watching what Whedon tried to do with him, too, I think there's there's so much about Barry Allen being such a socially inept nerd and i don't think we get to even in both of these cuts i don't think we get to spend enough time with him to understand that it could come from a very naive place rather than being in a very creepy place
1: yeah and i think i I get that you got to balance his his extreme power with something that makes him a little bit more human and, mm-hmm. and vulnerable. But again, I think that this is Zack, Zack Snyder's tendency to, to just push people too far into a weird negative place. And he just seems like he's not okay with characters just being good. Like everyone has to have a weird, nasty bent to them. And I'm just kind of like, dude, like, oh, just let them be heroes, man. Like that's, that's always been kind of the thing for DC characters is like, they're, they're, they're better than us. They're better than men. And they're there to serve as an example for us. And like what I started saying earlier that you get the, you get the woven in bounce back dialogue between both of Superman's dads telling him he's got to be like, he's got to be the the example for the human race. And like, they just make him a, just such an asshole. <laughs> and it <laughs> bums me out to no, to no end. Yeah. And I'm not even, I wouldn't even consider myself a huge Superman fan. When I was young, I thought he was dumb and I thought Batman was cool because he was edgy and dark and brooding and mean. And I think Zack Snyder and I were on the same wavelength when I was 16 and he was 45 and he's got the same (laughs) takeaway of these characters that I did. And it just sucks because I want to see them be that, like that, that beacon of light for humanity. And instead they're for the most part, are just kind of like, just kind Um, of a drag.
0: What I will say, I completely agree with you what i will say is that i do feel like there's a world where like a read on like the bc characters as petulant greek gods who are very self-motivated i think would be interesting but i don't think he ever quite goes there with it he well, he like he he really seems to like take it in a very um you know they're struggling with who they're meant to be kind of thing but it doesn't they don't go far enough to kind of say like superman does this because it's good for him rather than for humanity that kind of thing and so i think i think there i think it would be interesting to go outside of what the typical dc archetypes could be
1: oh i agree they gotta have they gotta be characters they gotta have flaws and i i I love that phrase of they gotta we gotta see them struggle with who they're meant to be i think that's beautiful and i agree Mm -hmm. 100 percent. i mean they have so much power how do you handle it how do you deal with it how do you try to live your life and 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 exist knowing that but i want to see it pay off and i want to yeah. see them i want to see them deal with it i want to see them come out the other side better for it and i think but it's part of kind of the bummer of not having origin story i mean it's tough because not having a flash origin movie before this is awesome because you're like cool he's the flash great like he's got his powers he's already good enough at it that he can run back in time sweet like we get that all in one movie but you also don't get as much character and I think th- this cut is certainly better because you get a little bit more of the stuff with Billy Crudup and it's helpful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think Billy Crudup is really helpful in getting that across too. He's got some great lines and he uh he gives Barry that push and and he, you know he has a little bit of an arc, you know, he gets his act together a little bit. He starts to get his job. He starts to put his life on the tracks to help out his dad. And uh I think that's awesome because he could he could break him out of jail and no one would know, right? Like he could have his dad free and nobody would know but the two of them, but he doesn't do it because it's not the right thing to do. And I think getting into that just a little bit more the show, the flash show does everything flash better except for the visuals, which is kind of a, kind of a drag because I I do like this iteration of the flash, but I think when you stack it up against the show, you're like, this is just way better.
0: Well, and, and the thing that I will say is like the one in terms of origin stories, like, Batman is the one where it's like, we did not need to see that again. No, we kind of did get to see it again in Batman versus Superman, but because this movie doesn't reckon with the fact that we literally had a Batman who was branding and murdering people, Mm -hmm. like having some sort of like how he got there would be great. And I think Batman versus Superman tries to say like Superman showing up and leveling the Wayne building in metropolis does something to him that pushes him over the limit. But at the same time, by the end of the movie, he's very much like, I let Superman down in life. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Bruce Wayne. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so it's, this so, movie, it's this so uneven.
0: Justice it, it, league does not give a fuck about that at all. And this is Zack Snyder's justice league. So like his theses on Superman and Batman are nowhere in this movie about like these flawed gods we don't touch it at all and so i think that's one of the biggest failures here not like it's and it's probably why i like this movie so much this experience so much is because we finally throw out whatever Zack snyder actually cared about with the characters because he's got too many characters to deal with in this movie to to really reckon with the the vision that he had for these flawed gods the Weedon so cut
1: actually handles Batman a lot better, I think. Uh, not in terms of the action, but in terms of the character. He's got a lot more scenes where he's clearly like struggling with what he did.
2: And there are like- a couple specific moments,
3: yeah.
1: And he's like in the in the just in the the Whedon cut. He's very much like, "Yo, I messed up, and I got to make it right." And there's none <laughs> okay, of that yeah. to be found in this knife yeah. cut.
0: <laughs> no, not at, at all. all. And, and oh. I
1: miss it, even though Affleck looked puffy and shitty, and like the, the <laughs> Z- Joss Whedon has absolutely no visual sensibility whatsoever. The meat of the scenes is pretty good, and I don't mm. like the weird man. He just felt a need to project some sort of romance onto Diana with every male that was opposite yeah. her. Like literally, like flash. Batman and Aquaman all have weird moments with her. Yeah. And that sucks. But I do like the Bruce, Diana as friends and coworkers dynamic because I think they bounce off of each other really well.
2: Yeah. yeah and honestly, I. <laughs> I kind of like I like it. I know what you're saying, but I like it with Bruce and Diana in that version because Diana shuts it down pretty quick, if I recall. <laughs> for correctly. sure, and it, it's it's a well, really good. She really does, good- so. She
1: comes in and kind of resets his broken shoulder, and then it's just there's kind of this moment where she's like, "Here, let me," and like the whole thing is just tin. It's just it's yeah. it's Joss's direction of it too, for sure. That turns it okay. from like just being a helpful hand into like a. <laughs> Right. Kind of shit, but yeah, you're you're right though, Tim. Diana definitely is not interested. Yes, yeah. I cool. I just to to cast a wider note, I really like the casting of almost every single hero. Like I think the the to an extent, the weakest one is Ezra Miller, just because he the flesh could have been portrayed better. But even then, considering what they're going for, he at least embodies it pretty well. But I love, obviously love Gal Gadot. I love Henry Cavill as Superman. Momoa is beyond words and description. (laughs) Uh, I think Ray Fisher really shines in this cut and he has a lot more to do. And I think he's really good. Uh, And I, I'm a, I'm a big Affleck as Batman fan. I think he works really well. I think he's a really cool Bruce Wayne.
0: Who do we want to talk about next? So, so I think, I think going to one, one thing I want to confirm real quick, Nick, have you seen any of the uh, Fantastic Beasts
1: films? yes i've seen the first one. Oh, okay okay i would like to watch the second one a lot tim have you seen both
0: yeah i've seen them yeah i've seen do both you, of them do you think seeing the you second know, one kind of pushed ezra miller off a cliff for you or like is that the is that the distinction here because i haven't no, seen him I either just, and i'm okay with him as the flash as well. no
2: honestly it's weird i just found him incredibly grating this time around mm. and i don't know what it was i just i didn't like his and i think maybe it's maybe in between I've watched the flash TV show and I am, um, I do like the, I like the flash and he's probably my favorite DC character. Um, I just don't like his interpretation and yeah. I just, I i find him, I find him grating. So,
0: okay. All right. I think we should probably move to cyborg next because yeah, he's such a big component of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so Tim, I think I recall you being pretty unimpressed with the cyborg <laughs> origin movie that comes in the middle of this one. He's oh. all,
2: <laughs> I touched on a little bit in my non-spoilers. It's just so been there, done that with, it, with what it is. Um, I like the performance of his father better. Um, I think, is it Joe Morton, Joe yes. Morton, baby, Joe Morton's, Joe, fantastic. Morton. Joe Morton's fantastic. and makes it work. I think cyborg is such a wet blanket throughout most of this. And mm. part of it is just, it, I've seen the story before a billion times. And I don't think, I don't think Snyder adds anything new to it. And <laughs> Fisher's fine. I mean, he's fine with what he's given. I just don't think he's given much to chew on. I, I was, I was let down a little bit. He he gets more to do. Um, I honestly think it's it's another case of too much for me. I think I think it would have been better served to maybe just have that football scene being kind of his origin story and moving from there. But then we get, I honestly. So you touch on it too, Nick, when you talk about Snyder just wanting everything for these characters and then not making them good people either. But there's the scene, his, his superhero scene, his, his Robin hood scene, if you will. But he apparently has uh, first of all, the most insane visualization of the stock market I've ever seen, <laughs> which is a bull and a bear fighting each other. The, unforgivably stupid a little um, uh,
0: little on the nose huh
2: <laughs> yeah anyway so we get this we get uh, we get the scene so apparently cyborg has all of the all of the powers mm-hmm. at this point. he's like the best hack like he has all of the powers of all the hackers ever and he's also the matrix and so he can he can see everything and he sees um is a mother and her child yeah at the atm they can't get money so
0: he's I got sitting a, there I, real quick. I got a great idea where I was going to take all of the footage of him watching all the the stuff of them and cut it to Iris by the Goo, Goo dolls.
1: Cause I think it'd be a great,
2: it's a nice callback to earlier yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah. Cut, so it, cut the Barry intro scene also to Iris.
2: And <laughs> just so invade
1: this movie with Iris.
2: So he's sitting there watching them and he invades this woman's privacy and he, he goes back to watch watch what's happened to her, but it's it plays. I don't know if it plays out the way it's expected, or maybe it's just Zach where it's like, he has to make sure this woman is woman is worthy of his help before he steps in and then <laughs> creates money for her. <laughs> I think he thinks it's like a great character moment. I think cyborg is an asshole here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just, it didn't do anything for me. Like I said, I think that he has more to do in this. So that's nice. But I also, I don't think it's much of an arc because he, he kind of doesn't like his parents at the beginning and he kind of likes them at the end. It seemed like, I don't know, it's it's fine. He's fine.
1: But isn't isn't that again the most 16-year-old boy idea? Right. What can right. Cyborg do to be a good person? He can put cash out of an ATM into someone's <laughs> hand. Like it's 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 Edward Furlong in Terminator 2. Like this is what a teenage kid would think is a good gesture. And it's so I, yeah. it's so I guess it's just
2: me checking to make sure she was she was wronged by someone before yeah. he helped her that rubbed me, rubbed me
0: the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, that's a little and wrong. felt
2: very snack Snyder. It, Bex, very snack, Zack snack Snyder. I like
0: <laughs> Zach the snack Snyder, as we know.
2: Um, because, like you mentioned, it is like no one can just be good for the sake of being good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I I disagree only in that I think that for me, my takeaway from cyborg is that he was he was a guy who had everything going for him as a human he had he was an athlete he was a genius uh he had the brightest future and then obviously he got killed in, a, in an unfortunate accident but then brought back to life as this kind of horrifying uh screaming disgusting mishmash of of man and machine and I think that my my thing was that he was so angsty just because he he doesn't know what he is and he doesn't know what purpose he can serve in this like Frankenstein form. And I think, but the end of the movie when he has that moment where he says, "Well, the the minor beat when he fixes the ship," I think is really mm. good. I liked that a lot. And his his recognize his recognition <laughs> that the ship has a purpose and and he helped it achieve its purpose. I but I fucking then-
0: hated the Affleck insert where. <laughs> because <laughs> cyborg goes flight is its nature and then Affleck goes yours too
1: <laughs> like, yeah,
0: you're right it's like dude he just lost his dad you don't need to step into those shoes immediately like it's it's all right Affleck. the line the,
1: the, the line ch- on its own yeah it was i thought it was a good line and i was like this is interesting and then i think him at the end when he when he says he's not uh does he say i'm not broken or i'm not he has some line like that when he's inside the mother box where he re- he realizes that he he can
0: I think he says he's not alone, right? Because it's his parents saying that we can stay together, and I something think that's like what that. He says, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I
1: thought so. Clearly, it didn't have that as much an impact on me as I'm <laughs> as I'm expressing. But this was probably also on viewing session number three, and it was probably midnight. Um, <laughs> either way, it, it worked better for me because I think I understood that, like, okay, here's a character who's who's kind of rediscovering his his humanity when he maybe thought he didn't have any left, but. I think that it could have used a little sprinkle of the Whedon cut in there because his exchanges with Superman at the end there are really good. Yeah, and I yeah. think that the the big we'll talk about it. I guess Cyborg worked better for me, I guess, than Tim. And I, I liked I liked Ray Fisher, and I think maybe I'm a little bit a little bit biased going into it in that I know he got kind of shortchanged really hard, and yeah. he was probably pretty satisfied to see this this character get get the the what he signed on the story yeah exactly that they they set out to tell
0: yeah no and i i i think i'm closer to nick than i am to tim on this one i did i did enjoy the cyborg stuff i just feel as though some of it could have been explored elsewhere you know
1: well yeah the football scene didn't need to be five minutes of
2: but i don't want to see another two hour movie about a bummer character like this is what
1: i'm saying yeah yeah, you're you're right. I think. Yeah. And so
2: wasn't Cyborg a lot more fun in the comics? Am I wrong?
1: Yeah. I mean, he was a Teen Titan, yeah. and I think Yeah, that, he was cool. I think he could be going forward because I think it ends on a note where he's like, okay, cool. Like I could be a superhero, and yeah. his powers are sweet. I mean, he had some awesome action sequences for sure.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it was a lot of fun to watch that character. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's all. I suppose. Um,
0: let's see. Is there anything else cyborg-ish that we want to touch on? No, I'm good.
1: I think just the, the diversity of the Justice League is pretty awesome, too. Like, there's, there are people from a lot of different demographics on this team. And I think that the visually and, and thematically, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. We're not just yeah. staring at a bunch of white guys in different costumes. That's true. That is very true.
0: Um, the I will say in terms of visuals, like, you brought up cyborg, some of his action stuff. The way that his flight looked I thought really was weird at first, but then like watching it again I thought looked really interesting and I don't remember it looking the same way in Whedon's cut. No. The effects with like the jets and things that yep. were all over his body. Yep. Um and I also really wanted to quick on the touch that like I think Steppenwolf
1: looks way cooler in this version too.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I like his tiny little face in the, you know, the armor he reminded me of like a pug for some reason yeah <laughs> like this little face in this giant body and it kind of like a goomba and it made me it made me laugh but yeah he does look way but he's way more intimidating his voice is way cooler mm-hmm. his design is cooler he actually seems like a threat and i just thought yeah. he's kind of a goon in the first one
0: yeah like the and even just like i feel like the weird like romanish kind of armor that he's in in the whedon cut just kind of is very blah but in this one like watching this like weird spiky spliny kind of armor. rippling armor yeah like able to like cut off the arrows of the amazons and stuff like that like i thought it, it just it looked way cooler and I, I really appreciated that fact as well um in terms of more characters to touch on like uh i don't know if there's anybody else that has like a superman is probably the neck the real only other like big one that has like kind of a big difference in this movie um nick i think I remember you mentioning in the, in the final act, you feel like Superman's performance is very like shortchanged compared to the Whedon cut. Uh, Did I read that correctly?
1: Yeah, man, I'm really bent out of shape about Superman in this movie. Like it, it, well, his, his death, it's kind of a bummer because his death really doesn't have the impact that it should, because we didn't get to spend as much time with him. And he is just kind of dour throughout BVS anyway. Mm -hmm. And when you set up Superman to be like, the wrong guy, like the bad guy in, in some ways you're, you're making a you're making, I would say a fundamental miscalculation. Like if there's, if there's a character that shouldn't really, okay. Kind of rewinding just a skosh to something Tim said earlier, or something, I'm sorry, you said earlier, Alex, about the kind of petulant Greek Roman God interpretation of these characters. I think that's an awesome idea. Mm -hmm. I think that's an awesome comic book idea. I think that would be a really cool thing to explore in that medium. But if I'm going to get one shot at a Justice League movie that is going to be for the general populace, for, you know, the entire movie going public that spends millions of dollars on movies, just cut the shit, man. Make Superman a good guy. Make him a really good, good guy and give us something to to feel good about. Give me something to look forward to. Let me feel the way watching Superman that I do when I'm watching Chris Evans play Captain America. Like, man, this is a good dude. Like, Or like watching Tobey Maguire play Spider-Man. Be like, hey, this guy's going to do the right thing. He's going to find a way when all the odds seem impossible. And he's going to pull it off. And I don't feel that with... I feel that with Superman and Man of Steel for the most part. I think he kind of got it for the most except for the ending and everybody's, you know, gets... They have their opinions on the end of Man of Steel, whatever. But I just don't. I felt that way with with Whedon's cut of Justice League because Superman has actual Superman e lines, and some of them don't work. Some of them are really corny, and that you're like, okay, you leaned a little too far into it. But he has he has kind of cool little mini exchanges with a lot of the Justice League members in the Whedon cut that he does not have. They're straight up not in this movie, mm-hmm. and I felt that really missing. I missed his little exchange with Cyborg when they're quickly assessing the blowback from the mother box. I think it's really cool. I miss him and flash saving civilians because I think it works really well. I don't think the extreme deviation of highlighting this little random family in the theatrical cut works at all. I think it's terrible. You don't need that. But I like the idea that he's like the way he, he he literally just hears them because he can hear everything and he's like, oh shit, there's civilians. We got to go round them up real quick. Like, I think that's a really important thing to include. Like Superman would find a way he would make time to make that happen and
0: yeah, uh watching superheroes save people's kind of fun sometimes it, it turns
1: out right yeah know? and you don't have to do it you don't have to make it a, a 10 minute sequence it can literally be two minutes because like i think whedon, did, whedon does he has the best joke in but both justice leagues is when the flash does save that one family and superman flies by with an entire apartment yes. building <laughs> it's incredible and it made me lo- like belly laugh in the theater because i was like it's so perfect and it's so perfectly done mm-hmm. and like just Give me a little bit of relief and and show me that, oh man, like Superman, you know, like even Tim said, going back to, to Richard Donner's stuff, like Superman did improbable stuff that you it's easy to laugh at, but at the same time, it's part of what makes Superman Superman. He finds a way to do it when no one else can. And he doesn't do any of that in this movie. And he just is kind of, kind of a drag. And I don't like the black suit. I don't like the lack of meaningful interaction with with anybody he just doesn't seem like himself at any point from when he wakes up or all the way to the end of the movie and i don't know it just is a it's just a bummer cuz i looked forward to that after how he kind of played really well in the in the theatrical cut of justice league i was like okay i know we're just building toward the return of superman and it just felt like he never really came back and it's uh it really bums me out
0: he shows up just basically as a literal deus ex machina at the end of this movie.
1: To, yeah, to, to like really meanly go after Steppenwolf, too. Like, yeah. I get it. You want to beat the shit out of this guy. That's cool. But like, I was like, geez, it's too much. Like, you got him. You got him on the ropes, yeah. dude.
0: He cuts his fucking horn off with, yeah. his, <laughs> with his laser eyes. Right. He does get to use the fucking uh, cooling breath, which is something we brought up on our Batman versus Superman episode, because we were like there's this fucking burning building behind you. You can't stop burning the building. Like you saved somebody out of it and nobody else is in it, but he couldn't cool the fucking building down with his cold breath. And he does finally get to use it in this movie, which is great in both, in both versions. But yeah, um, you know, I don't, know. Tim, Tim, what did you think about Superman in this All movie?
2: Right. So I did rewatch man of steel and liked it more than I did a while back. My, in I don't I'm not going to rehash any of the ending stuff because honestly, I, ugh, I don't care anymore. Um,
3: it's just <laughs>
2: my, my issue has never been with it. Like Zod's is My issue is uh, the family doesn't move. Yeah. Like they just stand there. Yeah. Like, Superman's away.
1: buying you time to get away. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, run. Anyway,
2: my issues with that. And I think my issue with his Superman uh, Snyder Snoop's version of Superman as a well whole is I can't get a grasp on it. And I think some of it has to do with studio interference because part of the reason it's tough to – Snyder's movies have underwhelmed at the box office. I mean, the first Man of Steel did okay, but it didn't set the world on fire. So Warner Brothers essentially went, okay, let's add Batman to it. So then they added Batman, but I feel like we never really got to know Superman more than what we did in the first movie. So when you when you start pitting Batman and Superman, once again, I feel like it misses a step for me.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: then Batman and Superman kind of underwhelmed critically and I think financially a little bit too. So they said, okay, let's just do the Avengers, but with uh, who we got. So then you go into this and you got to jump into this. My issue, I don't want to take it all off Snyder though, because my issue with Man of Steel is more on the storytelling side of things. It's, it's the way he tells, the way he jumps back and forth between the origin story and and Clark Kent now i mean there um his dad dies in the spoiler uh his dad dies but then i swear like 10 minutes later there's a flashback scene where he's still alive it's crazy like like that's and you're right this is where he needs an editor um a story editor Mm -hmm. but it also adds to me i can't get a grasp on cavill superman and the other part of it too is i feel like it's jumping back and forth, not between like all of a sudden Batman's fighting him and he's fighting Batman. And then now he's a bad guy and I swear <laughs> it's, it's crazy to me. I, I kind of go along. I've never been interested. I like Superman, the character and the Dick Donner movie, the Richard Donner movie is one of my favorite um superhero movies still. It's, to yeah, this day. it's great.
1: It holds up so and, well.
2: I think so too. And part of it is because it's Christopher Reeves. And I love, I just love, love how good and pure he is in that role. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like Cavill would be great at that and I feel like the Whedon part and mm-hmm. the Whedon, it touches on that a lot and it's obviously inspired on it. But the other thing I, I I can't believe it's, I think evil Superman to me has never been interesting and it's I think it's like the last resort creatively a lot of times mm-hmm. and he jumps into it right away and I don't know if that's him or studio or what, just him jumping ahead in the story, but I can't believe that he... Would end this movie the way he does, which is leaning into another evil Superman story. <laughs> like we don't, we're not getting a Superman story. It's crazy to me. And when he comes back from the death, but I do want to say I love the scene where the two fathers are talking to him and kind of giving him a pep talk. Incredible!
3: I think it's, I think it's
2: fantastic. Yeah. And if we would have got the theatrical version of Superbad, I would have went. Oh my god, it's perfect. But we get this weird zombie-ish Snyder version of the character, including the, I, I guess it's supposed to be a Krypton outfit, is what he's wearing. Is that Oh, what man. I,
1: yeah, I, yeah, I read about that, and Zack Snyder's reasoning made me even more upset. <laughs>
2: so we, what, what was that? Sorry, continue.
1: He Well, initially I thought, okay, is this a nod to, to the comics? Because I think he wore a costume like that when he came back to life, and that is true, but Snyder... Snyder said, okay, that's like his family suit because he's like, remember on Krypton, they're all wearing suits like that when they're chilling on Krypton. Like that's like, that's like the family suit. And he said he wanted, he wanted it to be about like Clark's individual story about paying homage to like his, his family. And to kind of the takeaway I had when reading, it was just like, it was more about like Superman turning inward to like who he, who he was and like his family. And I got even more frustrated because I was like super, Superman would put himself last. He would put his own like healing and journey and et cetera behind him until he had saved the world. And, and his his family's on Earth now. Yeah, and he would <laughs> he would put on the the red and blue, and he would say, "Yo, everyone's gonna 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 see the 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 symbol that will make them say, oh, shit's gonna be okay again.' Not oh oh fuck, he looks like Superman, but he's wearing black. This can't be good."
2: <laughs> and then he comes back, and he's just yeah, he's just like this. Uh, what are you guys what do you guys say? Op. Like, he's just this OP version to come in and just beat (laughs) up everybody. Yeah, that's kind of all he is. And and so uh, that's kind of what I mean. And uh, I I just.
0: Hey, and you know what? Yeah, you touched on the two dads talking and that fell completely flat to me simply because of the fact that fucking Kevin Costner sends a whole movie telling him not to be Superman. Like, I enjoy Man of Steel very much. But Kevin Costner is like, no, hide who you are, don't show it, blah, 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 like, all of that shit, like, I feel as, and I guess I haven't watched Man of Steel in quite a while, and maybe by the end of the movie, there's something that makes sense with
1: what Kevin Costner tells him, but... I, you know, you're not, you're not wrong and go ahead i'm sorry
0: i'm just saying that like i don't feel like this is another one of those things where i'm like Zack snyder's non-archetypal dc bullshit that he wanted to pull with the first two movies of this triple does not follow through into this one and then he tries to like act as though he's been doing it right all along in this movie and it doesn't work for me in that sense so i don't nick go ahead with what you were gonna say in response to that
1: I just said earlier that I feel like Zach Zach Snyder gets really close. He gets so 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 mm-hmm. close these characters, and I think that what he's trying to do in Man of Steel with with Pa Kent is be like he would tell he would tell Clark, don't be be Superman when you are ready to. Is kind mm-hmm. of the way I was trying to take it. Like don't let the world rush you into that. Don't think that you need to rush into trying to save everybody until you feel it's time.
0: But I almost think it's kind of also what Tim is saying where like the two he gets so close to Superman because like I almost feel like Warner Brothers almost got him there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like the Zack Snyder's tendency to tear Superman down and drag him through the the dirt is one thing and that gets shown through a lot of these the first two of these three movies. But I feel like in the third movie, it was finally one of those things where he's like, "I'm not going to fight this fucking fight." Plus, also Superman's not in this movie at all, so fuck you guys. Like he (laughs) he doesn't have to deal with that fact. But even though, like by the end of the movie, he needs to, or you know, when when Superman has the the, you know his two dads monologue or dual logging, I don't know what even you would call it. It it very he's trying to ha- it's almost like he tries to have his cake and eat it too and i guess maybe that is part of the studio's fault and i shouldn't be so mad about it and i'm not but mad so, about it because it doesn't matter but
2: but some of it to me is it's not your fault too because we spent two movies now grappling with the final scene of man of steel like we've <laughs> we seriously have like batman versus superman is all about the that final scene in man of steel yeah and then this is him yeah him kind of grappling with that as well and it's it like, because he's he's essentially he's Zach has now just moved every battle away from people to the point where it doesn't make any sense why they're happening where they're <laughs> happening half the time. So he just doesn't want to deal with it, and it's fine. But it's it, and then yeah, it just it, at, at a point like I would just I just want Superman to be Superman Zach. Yeah, like, and I'm ready to move on, and I'm hoping this next iteration, this uh Tadahisi Coates iteration, I'm just ready for a new take on this character.
1: Yeah, please, and I, I really, I really do, honestly, wish that they could keep Henry Cavill. I don't know what the plan is. Uh, I keep hearing it seems like there's rumors every other month that he's that he's back and and some <laughs> that he's not, but I think he's really good, and I think that the, yeah. the Snyder cut demonstrated, or I'm sorry, the Whedon cut demonstrated that he can handle that that cornball dialogue and kind of make it work for him yeah and he can he's certainly got the physicality he's got the look he's got the charisma and he just needs to he needs i think a better direction to have some better chemistry with amy adams but they have kind of a kind of a playful thing in uh, man of steel but then they just it never it falls so hard after that and i think that it, it's just a, mis- a misdirection because i think he's certainly a capable actor
0: I would have dumped him after he wore his boots into the bathtub and Batman yeah. versus Superman. Oh, but Jesus um, that scene. <laughs>
1: but the only other thing
0: I was gonna say is I read that um Vanity Fair piece with uh by Anthony Bresniken. It was an interview with Zack Snyder before the cut released, and um they touch on the fact that Snyder wanted to have a plot line where Bruce was with Lois. Uh, after Superman, died. <laughs> Jesus, like, yeah, what an so, asshole, man! It's, it's, what is so this I, guy's problem?
1: Who hurt Zack so, Snyder?
0: So I have to say, like, maybe Warner Brothers did like trying to have their hands in the mix quite a bit, but I feel like the medium that they kind of almost ended up at with this third movie finally works. But you know, without we have two movies where it didn't quite work, and it kind of we we had to suffer through it. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. In the one, the only Bruce Lois thing, the only other note in, in the Whedon cut, they actually have a, a plot point that makes a ton of sense that it makes no sense why it's not in this movie that he he goes and ha- Lois is his ace in the hole. Oh, yes. He goes and yeah. retreat. He has Alfred holding on to her until they need her because he knows yeah. that she's going to be the diffuser if they yep. need it. And Lois just happens to be walking by <laughs> and also doesn't seem particularly excited to see Clark in this one. It's yeah. it's it's I, so it, weird.
2: It's her grief walk, right? That's like her, yeah, her she goes va- to the
1: monument, yeah. <laughs> but it's so
2: weird that she doesn't notice that there's a battle going on, like, explosions. Nearby. Yeah, <laughs> and it also this cut makes Batman like, where is Batman for most of this battle? Yeah, and and the wedding cut at least gives him a. It, it also plays into Bat, Affleck's Batman being kind of three or four steps ahead of everybody else and and being it kind of plays into his detective Mm
3: -hmm.
2: uh, detective aspect of his character too so it's nice this one yeah i i didn't understand this (laughs) at
0: all willie had a great point i think i think it was either it might have been you tim but i think it was willie had a great point in uh in uh our batman vs superman episode where like once fucking doomsday shows up batman's mostly just hiding (laughs) 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 because that's what he should be doing in that
1: kind of situation
0: and i feel like yeah that's kind of that's kind of Zack snyder's impetus with with uh, we, batman in this that's case.
1: that's the batman stuff in in the snyder cut of this that i did like is in the final battle he's kind of like all right i'm gonna lead them all away i'm gonna die if i have to that's cool and then he just kind of is picking off like perimeter periphery characters yeah. because that's all he can do he can't
0: and that's be in the shit with, with totally and i think Stephen that's Wolf.
1: super appropriate and it's nice that he didn't put uh, Batman into like a, a sucker punch mech and have him in there. I mean, he kind of, he kind of gets a little bit of that in the middle there when he's in like the, the night crawler, but, yeah. but even that's a little more digestible. Cause you're like, okay, he's in like just a, a big, like excavator basically. Yeah. I do like in the final battle, he's like, yo, you guys, I'm going to just kind of come up with a plan and I'm going to, I'm going to cheer you guys on from the outside and I'm just going to take off some of these dudes on their stationary guns. <laughs> yeah.
2: Can we talk about, can we just move to Batman now?
0: Sure.
1: Yeah.
2: Yes, okay, cool. <laughs>
0: Tim, what are your thoughts on Batman?
2: <laughs> so, I have grown to love Affleck's kind of schlubby Batman. <laughs> yeah. Like he's he's kind of he's I the Batman
1: w- we need. He's <laughs> <laughs> so cool. But
2: uh, I do love I do love that Wonder Woman has nothing to do with him. Um I do I kind of like I I kind of like his arc in this one, which is where he kind of accepts to trust other people and rely on other people. And it plays into him just kind of, yeah, like you said, hiding and sniping people from a distance and all that stuff. I do wish that Barry Allen line was still in there where he tells him just save one people. Cause I like Batman as kind of the coach too. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I've always liked that with his, like his Batman team in the comics as well with like Nightwing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I like Batman as kind of the coach figure who, who recognizes that he can't do it all, especially an older Batman, like Affleck's, Mm-hmm. Seems to be. um I do, you touched on it. I do wish they kept him uh keeping Lois around. Mm-hmm. What was the other thing? Oh, God, we got to talk about the nightmare the <laughs>
3: sequence at the end
2: because it is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> let's,
0: let's, uh, we can, we'll, we got That'll be our final. Yes. <laughs> end okay, let's end on that high note. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> um, um, everything else with him is, is okay. I mean, yeah, him, him rounding up the crew is, is fine. Um, I, and I do want to just mention one more time, I really like him and Jeremy Irons together. Affleck always has pretty good chemistry with mm-hmm. um, with other actors and in superhero movies because he's got great chemistry with John Favreau and Daredevil. And I could have watched an entire movie of those two together. Just like here, I could have watched an entire uh, Bruce and Bruce and uh, Alfred movie.
0: Yeah, I, I and I, I don't think uh, listening to our episode on, on Batman versus Superman, which I'll finally stop fucking referencing at some point tonight um i don't think i ever owned up to the fact that i was dismayed when affleck was announced as batman i do mention that i liked him in that movie i like affleck batman i think he does a good job with it and as as tim said jeremy irons is fantastic as alfred and watching the two of them together i think is very good and just kind of like um But what I will say about this movie is that I feel like the arc that Tim is speaking of is very much an arc that grows from Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Cause in Batman versus Superman, it doesn't feel right. Even by the end of that movie, when he's like the, the line that I already said of, I failed him in in death or in life or whatever, whatever he says about fucking Superman. Like they've been (laughs) best friends since they were in kindergarten or something. But the, it doesn't work for me that, like, this movie is basically him being like, All right, we're good. We can all come together. I got to pull you guys together. We're great. I'm dad. This is all my stuff. We're going to have fun and go take care of this thing. Like, it doesn't. I just don't think it was a very natural growth from where Batman was. And that's kind of unfair because it's not judging this movie alone. But it almost just feels like this is beat three of an arc that is in its own movie away from beats one and two. And I don't. Yeah. <clears throat> I I didn't appreciate it as much, and especially and I, that I, fucking line with cyborg for me just ruined it for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why.
2: And I do think his his version of the character is hurt not by not having his own solo movie, not an origin story, just a movie.
0: Yeah. So yep, that's fair. Like he, uh, he even even simply like the the dealing with the Robin yeah shit to understand what could have led him to be the I'm going to fucking brand people with my bat symbol. Right. I think would have been very helpful in with Batman versus Superman and this movie. So, you know, Nick, any thoughts on Batman?
1: I I like I like Ben Affleck Batman a lot. I think he and Henry Cavill have cool chemistry too. Like the the scene yeah. at the end, I think that they they would play well off of each other in the future and uh, the the eye work for Alfred Lyon is really good. Mm-hmm. And they, they do have a really fun mentor mentee kind of chemistry. That uh, especially in regard to the jet that he's trying to get working, I think that's a cool little tiny tiny blip of a subplot that I, I enjoyed. Uh, Even just I,
0: the fact that this Alfred is like, <clears throat> I'm gonna help you make these gadgets and shit is awesome. Yeah, like, you get a little bit of that from Michael Caine, not necessarily helping with gadgets, but like helping him figure shit out. Be like a project uh, manager. Yeah, yeah. But in this movie, he's very much like, and in Batman vs Superman, he's very much like working on the gadgets and yeah, trying to get them techie. working yeah for sure I really yeah
1: like that. I, I i've always i've been I've, before bvs came out i was clamoring for like a middle-aged batman because i was like i want to see this take of someone who's been doing it for a decade or two and who's mm-hmm. who's tired and who needs a little shot in the arm to remember why they're doing it in the first place and so i i think that he he encapsulates that really well and i would love to see a little bit more of it and while i am excited for and, and interested in what the Robert Pattinson Batman movie is going to be, I'm going to miss the like 40 something Batman. I think he's fun to watch. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to explore there. I want to see the same thing with Spider-Man too. I want to see the dad Spider-Man, uh, you know, dealing with all the that midlife stuff. I think that could be a lot of fun also, but obviously don't want to go as dark as you can with Batman. Yeah. Uh, I think Batman's action was way better in this one though. The bat, the whole Batmobile chase sequence and uh, et cetera is, is longer in this cut. And I think it works a lot better. It's a lot cooler and it shows off that Batman could be a badass. He just needs to be behind the wheel or something or, yeah. uh, you know, have some machinery with him. The, the big the big shot of like the five of them coming together uh, around the Batmobile in this t- in this cut is so sweet. That's not in the theatrical cut. Yeah. Yeah. That I, that, that actually beat. I was like, whoa, that was really cool. Absolutely. Um, the
0: how are you guys doing on time? I know we're going really long. Are we OK?
1: Yeah, whatever. I'm not going anywhere. I'm yeah. I'm interested in winding down, but <laughs> Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like I I think we can hit on I, I think we're speaking
1: that- to the most problematic characters now. Yeah. Uh
0: well, uh I have one that we can get to, but uh in terms of the main players, uh I think Wonder Woman is great. You know, like I still think Gal Gadot does a great job. This is certainly it was nice to have this kind of be the final taste of her that we maybe get instead of Wonder Woman 1984. Yes. <laughs> I do want to
2: say, too, I know that um, that scene is very Snydery at the beginning. The the her killing the terrorists and splattering them all over. Uh, yeah. scene, <laughs> But I like it because that's also the scene where she talks to the little girl, right? Yes. And and I really was I was kind of taken aback by that because I didn't it was one of those things where yeah, I didn't know Snyder had it in him. It's it's very heartfelt. It's it, it hit me. I thought it was great. Um that was it it reminded me of why I liked Wonder Woman so much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know if there's a whole lot else that changes oh, with her oh, in her, this.
2: Oh your music still rolls. Our, our, <laughs> well
1: yeah, when it when it gets a chance. To be in the movie, (laughs) that whole, okay, the ancient lamentation (laughs) singing is just awful. It's so bad. And what a tone, what a tonal shift for that character, because I agree with Tim, her her like main riff that she has is so sweet and it gets me amped up to see what she's going to do. And when it started doing that shot of her up on that statue above the, the bank or whatever, I was waiting for the theme to kick in and I was like, hell yeah, here we go. And instead this wailing kicks in and the, the subtitle popped in and I literally ran my hands through my hair and I was like, Oh God, Snyder here. We, this is going to be it, right? This character's not going to be fun. She's not going to be hopeful. She's not going to be smiling. She's going to be down and dour. And that's a lot of what we got again. And I was like, what the shit, man? Cause she's so fun in the first wonder woman movie. Like mm-hmm. she, she's great. And she has maintained this, Cool heroic optimism uh, throughout most of her appearances, and I think I think she's a natural at it. And then to just bog that down with this crappy, bizarre musical choice, and also just the whole color grade in this movie, pulling all the color out of everybody's costumes yeah. and everybody's effects. I mean, what are you trying to do, man? Like she was, she had such an ass kicking theme, and then it made me really hate the rest of that bank sequence. Whereas I thought it was pretty cool in the Whedon cut, it was also way too drawn out. How many times do we have to see this guy look at his gun and then have her not just just grab the thing, break it and and haul his ass out of there? Like, come on, man, cut the shit. It just went on for way too long. But I do agree with Tim that that nice little beat at the end was cool. Right after she exploded a terrorist and <laughs> threw him out the window.
2: <laughs> oh, and I don't know where else I'm going to be able to bring this up. But uh, there's a shot when they're going down into the fight under is it Strikers Island. Um, yeah i think so not from x-men but it's (laughs) strikers island and there's a shot of them and they're just taking the stairs and it's in the they're just walking Mm -hmm. down the stairs it it reminded me of ghostbusters where they're just walking up (laughs) (laughs) and i couldn't believe it and i just kept sitting there going like why is this in the movie and then amy goes like why isn't wonder woman just flying (laughs) Or, or why aren't some of these people just flying yeah
1: It'd be so funny if Batman just turned to them and was like, you guys, I'll catch up. Like, go ahead. I'll, I'll see you there. You, you don't have to wait for <laughs> Maybe me. Maybe
2: that's it. They were, they were just waiting for
1: Affleck's. <laughs> they're being, concerned.
0: Affleck's
2: Batman. This winded Batman.
1: <laughs> waiting for dad to make it up the stairs. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Um, I like Wonder Woman a lot. And I, I, I just was bummed out that they had kind of her, also her scene of going underground at the, with the torch to look at the picture of the mother box on the wall. To be able to give the monologue during the Lord Wings sequence. All right. I I took a micro nap during that scene <laughs> because I was really tired. I was fighting it really hard. I fell asleep during that scene and I woke up and it was still going. And I was like, oh no. And I looked at my watch and it had been like five minutes and I was like, Holy shit, like this is a this is bad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on Wonder Woman?
1: <laughs> oh, she 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 had a nice bit also in the theatrical cut where Bruce was kind of called her out for not being in the forefront uh, throughout history because she's been around for so long and she just yeah. kind of was dormant for a long time. And Bruce kind of calls her out and he's like, I know that it's hard. It's hard to lead because when you lead, sometimes people get hurt and it's your fault, but you got the, you got the, you've got the responsibility because you have the gifts basically like you're here. You need to step up. And I think that that was, was, not really, he didn't really need to mansplain to her what her what her role needed to be. But I think it was a valid point that like, you know, you've been here all this time and you could have, you, you can be helping people. And she kind of has a little beat to uh, to acknowledge that in the theatrical cut. And I think that that works really well to give her a little bit more of that push into like the leadership role. And uh, it's not really here. in And I think she has more action in this that's really cool. And she clearly can, can stand toe to toe with Superman, which is really awesome. But I, I do miss that little character moment from the theatrical version. Yeah.
0: Um, and then Aquaman. I feel like uh, Aquaman. Aquaman feels pretty intact from a lot of the theatrical version stuff. Um, I don't know if there's a whole lot to say. About
2: uh, yeah. You, you don't mess with anything. Momoa does. <laughs> um, they did keep in my man, of which course. I fist pumped. Yeah, um,
1: <laughs> Gotta do it.
2: I, I should say. Amber Heard's British accent was bizarre and super distracting in this. It I don't. Was. I guess they changed it. Um, she's also terrible in this. Um, um, and then Volko is in it, so that's good.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah long haired, long haired Volko, uh, flowing okay. hair Volko, because I think he has a ponytail in the in the. Yeah, Aquaman he's got like solo, yeah, right? he does. Um, yeah, Aquaman, very good made me like right after finishing this i went and bought the 4k version of aquaman because i'm like i need to watch that aquaman is so sweet streaming isn't enough for me so
1: i need to buy a copy of it you gotta bask in all those colors and yes and uh, and music drops Um, yeah he's uh (laughs) he's awesome in this and i love correct me if i'm wrong but the scene of him rescuing the the guy who's who's ship capsized and dumping him in the bar and then going out onto the pier and getting like consumed by the ocean that was not in the theatrical version right
2: i think it is i think it is but i don't remember the needle because that's got a needle drop yeah in the needle drop said oh, not
1: yeah that's got nick cave in it so that obviously made my hair stand up on the back of my neck I uh, think
0: I think it's very much, and I don't know that there's much slow mo. I think he just walks out to the dock, and the waves crash, yeah. and he disappears. Man, I um, thought
1: that shot was because I remember that shot from the trailers, and I thought that that didn't happen in the theatrical cut. And I was like, where the hell was that shot? Because it was sweet, but uh, maybe it's there, and I just missed it on my. On I my think revisit. it's just.
2: I think it's the slow mo and the music in this one that are the difference. Yeah, I think.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's such a cool shot. I mean, Snyder gets a lot of those Aquaman beats really well too.
0: Uh, we have one final character to talk about I think the one that I'm most excited <laughs> to talk about uh, And that is uh, Harry Lennox As Martian Manhunter <laughs> Christ Oof. Everything about I'm, it Was terrible Everything It was so, so bad,
3: bad.
0: <laughs> Like not only did they erase a, a great scene Bruce put it great in our discord They erased a great scene between Martha Kent and Lois mm-hmm. Lane just making it fucking shape-shifting John John for fan service yeah Yeah, for a fan service beat which is horrible (laughs) and then the fact that like one of the end sequences in the epilogue is just him showing up to be like sup Bruce Wayne I'm Martian Manhunter see you soon Peace you out. know
2: what and when nick brought up mansplaining mansplaining a second ago i went oh you know he's just telling her like you said he's making good point but then i realized he doesn't make this point to martian manhunter <laughs> who's been just sitting around for the past couple of years <laughs> doing nothing
0: yeah as a like, fucking general in man <laughs> of steel and then a <laughs> secretary of defense or whatever the fuck he is in batman versus superman like jesus christ so,
2: yeah affleck's affleck is a bit of a mansplainer as batman <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's what can it's you even say? It's baffling. I
2: just yeah, I just watched Man of Steel. Um I can't figure out where this would fit in unless maybe unless maybe he dies in between <laughs> um and then Martian Manhunter takes on his form. Like that's the only part. I know people have pointed to the scene they share together as a hint towards it because I can't even remember. Superman says something that might hint towards it, but there's no way. I, I would you, you can you can make that leap if you want to, but I'm not going to.
1: I would bet my next paycheck that someone on the internet after man of steel came out said, boy, wouldn't it be cool if he was Martian Manhunter and Zack Snyder read that somewhere. Cause we know he spends a lot of time on social media, listening to these dumb <laughs> dumbs in the echo chamber. He, he and does he live pr-
2: in a society.
1: <laughs> yes. And he, <laughs> and he probably was like, that is a cool idea. I'll just make it that. And it, it looks like his design is bad too, the animation is bad, everything about it. The only good thing about it is I love the way Affleck plays Bruce Wayne opposite him in that final scene because it's <laughs> so funny that he rolls out in his jams and he's like <laughs> just so this, pro- profoundly unconcerned with this, what's going
0: Yeah, to- <laughs> this fucking Batman who was like terrified of fucking Superman as an alien and then just had to deal with fucking not only Doomsday but also uh Steppenwolf and Darkseid, and then this fucking Martian pops up, like flies over to him, and is like, "Sup,
1: dude?" And he's just like, "Can I help you?" Cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's God. so great. And then he just goes back to bed. It's amazing. So Gojo is a is a Martian Manhunter fan. Yeah. And he and I were talking about this, and he was so annoyed. He just was so annoyed <laughs> at the whole thing, and he was like. I I talked about how I literally liked Ben Affleck as Batman. And he goes, oh, he has the only possible reaction to this guy showing up and being like, (laughs) I want to be in your club too. And now he's just like, oh, I got to field all these weirdos that want to be in the justice league now. (laughs) It's so good. Oh man. Yeah. It sucked. It was trash. It also makes like, if you want to have Martian Manhunter show up. Yeah. Awesome. Include him. Yep. But Don't make it, make him just have arrived to Earth and be like, yo, this seems there's some shit going down here. Can I lend a hand not be like, I've been seated in the highest station of power (laughs) for for years and have done nothing to help out Superman and his noble (laughs) efforts to save mankind, (laughs) but I'm here now.
0: Not only that, but like the the character also like in Batman versus Superman very much takes a stance against Superman. Like he's totally for the fact that like they're putting him on trial.
1: Yeah. No um i i so someone texted me to say how cool they thought that was and i was like <laughs> my mind exploded i was like this is like the inclusion of the character as someone that was there all along i can see being cool but the fact that it was the j gen- I i was just like this yeah. undoes so much it makes no sense yeah yeah it was trash no, i don't yeah uh
0: real quick before <laughs> before we get to the epilogue um the i wanted to just touch on the note that nick and i shared tim there's a moment in the movie (laughs) where where uh you know steppenwolf pops back over to the nuclear reactor to talk to to phone home to decide and uh and he's like bro i got i think it's the moment where he's like dude i got all three of the cubes and then decides like and he like disappears for a second and you see all the parademons start kneeling down
1: yeah, yeah and, and, just, and there's like this weird cutaway to Steppenwolf, just kind of staring and twiddling his thumbs.
0: Yeah, just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote, down, I wrote down, "Please hold for Steppenwolf." And so I texted that to Nick, and then Nick was just like, "Dude," and he had this. He said, "Please hold, or please hold for Dark Side." <laughs> it's just like
2: <laughs> no i got you cuz there is like this reaction by dark side like this fucking guy
3: again <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah like he was in the middle of something and decided was like hey it's steppenwolf do you have a minute and he's like uh fine <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, it was hysterical. Yeah, it like it made me laugh out loud while I was watching it. And when I wrote that note, I was like, yeah, this is funny." And then Alex texted me that note, and I was like, "I made the exact same joke."
2: <laughs> I love the idea of Steppenwolf as just like an eager to eager to please employee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because he's he's yeah. all over the place in this movie too. Like he's jumping everywhere. He's just he's just all about it.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, he's hey, got a sweet and the somehow and somehow he's still more threatening in this take. Like he yeah. Yeah, he works better.
0: Um the the second note that I wrote where I was like, Am I delirious now? I just wrote forehead projector because there's a moment where Cyborg displays uh yes. Superman on the yeah. table and like all the stuff and I I I don't know. I was just like, he's got a forehead projector, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> but uh and I that was probably also in the Wheaton Cut and I just didn't remember. But um all right. <laughs> Let's get the to the epilogue. <laughs> <laughs> um which once again, I'll set it up for people. Visits the nightmare that Batman kind of started having in Batman versus Superman. Uh, we get a very uh, sepia-toned world with um, with Batman in it, uh, and it very much implies, I think, one where Doomsday has come to, or no, excuse me, Darkseid has come to Earth, right? And Superman is yeah. presumably working with him or in an evil fashion. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know enough about DC Comics to know why this would happen, but... um, It wouldn't. Well, wait, I do know why it would happen. It's because Lois Lane died. Lois is the key. Lois is the key, and she died... Uh, and so we get to not only see um, that for some reason, Joe Manganiello's Slade Wilson has joined oh, forces with, with Batman. <laughs> Sorry. And you also, just
2: reminded me. You made the sin of reminding me of Jesse Eisenberg, <laughs> and which is also a sin this movie commits. Yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, so not only that, it's, it's, it's the crew that shows up on this bridge to like talk for 30 minutes for some reason. Uh, we've got Batman there with Jared Leto's Joker. And then I believe uh the flash is there, and Mira is there, and Slade Wilson is there. Did I miss anybody Is cyborg there? Did you say cyborg? He is there. cyborg is okay. also there, yeah he's got he's yeah. got the brown tarp over his body because uh yeah. he shines too much in the sun, but yeah, uh, I could have done without this entire epilogue completely. Yeah,
2: I thought this was terrible. I thought this <laughs> like I thought this hurt the movie big time for me, <laughs> because I really I liked it ending with the um with the scene on the farm between bruce and where he's like i bought the bank i like that ending i yep. thought it was i thought it was fun and i think those two work. and it focuses on the two characters that we've been with for the last couple movies and then for them to introduce a evil superman again is <laughs> it's just it's lazy it's i don't understand it and then to bring back <laughs> to bring back leto's joker i can't. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm just laughing you know i think i like his makeup a little better in this yes it, it, it's 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 cheaper looking but it's also it it's less ridiculous than his 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 gold fronts or whatever from his last from his last iteration but he's just ter- he's terrible again the interchange of, between them feels like I, i'm not even gonna call it a first draft like it's fucking fan fiction (laughs) it's it's just it's the vomit draft like whatever came (laughs) into his head that he would think these two characters would say i do kind of affleck is good at delivering fuck so i don't mind Mm. batman saying fuck but um but it just goes on forever and it takes so long and (laughs) and at the end of the day it yeah it hurts the entire movie for me because i was also ready for it to end at, at this point and it
3: yeah
0: Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. There was a point in time where we thought maybe that nightmare was going to be like a second part of Justice League. And um, yeah, I don't want to see that movie.
2: (laughs) If he wants to make some sort of Elseworlds animated movie (laughs) to throw on HBO Max with this stuff just so he can get it out of his system, I say go for (laughs) it. But (laughs) I'm not super interested in it and you you just reminded me I don't know how you can split this thing into two movies like this is one no. movie yeah no
0: yeah. there's no way it's not like it's either a one three hour movie and then another one hour movie or it's one full movie and yeah no right I don't think it I don't think it works unless you like revive Superman in the middle of the movie like in yeah no I don't think it works uh, Nick did you have any thoughts about this wonderful art in the at the end of the movie
1: <laughs> no <Nah>, man <laughs> It's student filmmaking. It's terrible. It's it's utter – it's just the fact that anybody can glean any enjoyment out of it makes me question whether or not we're living in a simulation. The fact that people went online and seriously said it's the best interaction the Batman and Joker have ever had, that, that alone makes me – proves that this movie shouldn't exist. Like – Fans fans shouldn't get to call the shots. I'm sorry, because like 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 Bob Orsi making Star Trek in a Darkness. This is what happens when you give fans control.
0: Joker said rim job though, or no reach around. That's
1: reach what he said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so much better.
2: <laughs> I, I forgot about the reach around. <laughs> yeah, so.
1: I mean, yeah, this is this is why you can't. This is why there's something to Marvel's uh, design by committee uh, approach, because you at least have some some people saying, well, hold on now.
0: <laughs> One person would have said no to this. <laughs> is this it?
1: Yeah, you need you need the 10th the, the man thing where there's there's the obligation of the 10th person to question what they're doing just so everybody can think <laughs> about it because it's it has no benefit at all to anything it's terrible and like you're right Alex in the large even in the larger picture well first of all why does Batman need the Joker Joker's like you need me no he doesn't kill him shoot him in the head leave him in the desert yeah why is the
0: Joker instrumental in taking down (laughs) Superman or fucking Darkseid or
1: anything yeah (laughs) kill this guy and leave him on the side of the road like you're fine it would have been if Batman had literally just snapped his neck then I would have been like cool great scene (laughs) would have been awesome
2: that would have made it all worth it yes you're right (laughs) But yeah,
1: uh, I agree with you no one wants to see this like, I mean, there are no there. I'm sorry. There there are, I'm incorrect. There are legions of, of, of people that want to, for some reason, see this continue to play out, but I don't understand.
0: What do you think I even think the of function me. of like, including that? Like he, it, this, do you think there's a part of Zack Snyder that wants to make that movie for Warner Brothers still? Oh yeah.
1: He, yes. I mean, he said that was his plan was to make another, another movie that was going to be like, he had, remember he called it a five part trilogy. Don't forget. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it, was a, it was a five-part trilogy. And I think that Justice League, the one that we've seen, was part two it of... It would have
0: been three? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, if Man of Steel is part one, right?
1: I think there was another Justice League that was going to be the nightmare thing come to pass because Lois Lane got killed and Superman turned evil and helped out Darkseid. And then the one after that was going to be them riding the ship and restoring things. And listen, man, I've seen Peter Jackson's Hobbit. I'm all set. I'm all set. I have to go to work in the morning. Like (laughs) we don't need this. Yeah.
3: I
2: can't think of a worse Batman and Joker interaction. No. I can't believe people are calling this the best. Like I'm running through all of the things I've ever seen those two characters do together and I can't think of anything worse.
1: It's because there's no accounting for taste and you've got, (laughs) you've got a whole legion of fans that have spent too much time on the internet, writing this kind of scene to each other and thinking it's good (laughs) and thinking that it has anything meaningful to say about characters. it's not even, you know what, if you're writing some edgy dialogue and you're, you're creating a cool, weird fanfic thing, that's fine. But this is just trash. There's, there are entire colleges of freshman intro film students that are writing this this stuff, and it's now been made to the tune of seventy million dollars. That's what's wrong with the system. <laughs> <laughs> this is why Kickstarter and things like it are a problem.
3: And he
2: got Affleck back for this, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he wanted to shoot it at his house. Warner Brothers wouldn't let him. <laughs> Zack Snyder wanted to shoot this on, in his own basement with a green screen setup. He wanted it to be, yeah. Yeah, I think the only new part of this scene was the was the the just that conversation. I think the rest of it had all already been shot.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Jesus, doesn't make sense, but I understand.
1: In in this in this (laughs) twilight world we live in, where Zack Snyder's Justice League actually got made, uh, yes, it does make sense.
0: Yeah. Um, Any final thoughts on Zack Snyder's Justice League, like? I don't know. I think it's interesting to discuss. I think it's quite a journey. I think it's a very weird uh, experiment. I think, um, I don't think it's just not very often that you get to kind of tease apart two very different feel like this very much reminds me of like a, like a blade runner and the final cut kind of situation. Although vastly, both of those movies are vastly superior than, than these two. But um, you know, implications of like rewarding people who shouldn't be rewarded aside i do still feel like as tim said snyder getting to make his vision i think is very good and kind of finish close the chapter on the side of his life maybe hopefully um i think is is good and i do really appreciate a lot of the changes that were made um in a lot of respects and there are many that i don't appreciate but um, but I just can't imagine a world where we get another one of these in like 30 years, you know, like another, another dual edit of a movie that I'd be this interested in. And I didn't know that I would be this interested in this one. Like I, that's the thing. And I guess this is what is most impressive about this experience to me. Cause I'm not going to call it a movie. It's not a good movie, but the fact that I walked into this, assuming I was going to hate it, And then I walked out of it being like, man, there's some stuff that was really something in this thing is not something that I ever expected was going to happen with the Snyder cut. And I don't know if you guys feel the same way about that or where you kind of fall on that line. But
2: yeah, so what I'll say to, yeah, to sum up my thoughts and to kind of build off what you're saying is I'm, I, it's not my favorite thing. You're right. It's tough to call it a movie or a whatever. It's just a thing. It's, it's kind of an experience I'm glad that it exists and I'm glad that I watched it because like you said, it, there's there's a lot to di- dissect in a lot of ways and there's just a lot there. It's like the – you don't get this kind of unfiltered artistry that <laughs> often in a big budget superhero. It's It's like the heaven's gate of – Superhero movies, the Michael Cimino uh, <laughs> movie, not not the cult, but <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, um, maybe both. Yeah. yeah. Mm,
2: yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, you don't <laughs> I love the Marvel movies. You don't there's part of me that's kind of dreading seeing a Sam Raimi Marvel movie just because I've seen a lot of the a lot of the voices of these directors get muted sometimes. And the good thing about Raimi is I've seen him work in the system before, but I'm just using him as an example. Now, I think with something like Zack Snyder's Justice League, you can go a little bit too far in the other direction. And it's unmuted Zack Snyder. It is is a four-hour-long Superman scream in a lot of ways. And I'm glad it exists. I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad he got to do it. And I think there's some value in it. I just... Think it's yeah, it's not for me. And I've after ten hours of Zack Snyder movies, I've just decided he he and I don't mesh when it comes to what we want uh for movies. Nick, any
0: final thoughts?
1: I think he would make a really bang up cinematographer and someone who or someone who would work well with like a with like a co director, somebody that could help because I think he's got some he's got tons of visual instinct and you know, depending on the reason you go to movies that might totally do the trick for you. I think mm-hmm. he, he, like you said, Alex, he, he created some pretty incredible visual moments in this movie. And I think as a whole, it, it's it's fun to just be able to spend more time with all these characters and see them as as he originally intended. And it, it honestly, it makes me more frustrated with the studio than anything because they need to assert themselves sometimes when you know that someone's getting out of control. And I wish that when he had suffered uh, when Zach had su- suffered his tragedy and needed to step away initially that they had just put the thing on pause mm. and let him finish with uh, the idea of studio notes still being in the mix because Warner Brothers has continually just shot them. I mean, they have no feet left to stand on how many times they've shot themselves in the foot with how they handle this. And if you had just let him come back at in the, in the time that he needed to finish it, but also still be on the hook to an extent, uh, I think we would have probably gotten a pretty awesome Justice League movie because this cut, you know, with 25% of it just hacked right off, uh, probably would be a pretty sweet movie. But at the same, I think that it's weird because if if Superman had been better in the Snyder Cut, I think I would forgive a lot more of it because I – I think the d c universe you're just not gonna climb out from under his shadow, and I think that's okay. I think you gotta lean into it and you gotta embrace the the character that makes d c what it is and if these d c if these snyder d c movies have been building towards his story, and especially you know justice League the whole movie' is arguably driving towards the the resurrection of and inclusion of Superman if that had all just worked better and that character had been handled better and we'd gotten to see him be the way he is meant to be, I think I would forgive a lot more of the movie because like you you said also earlier, Alex, the the whole final battle is pretty cool. And it does make you forgive a lot of the earlier issues with the movie, but that just leaving it on that, that visual of him pulling open the shirt and seeing the gray symbol against the black costume just fills me with nothing, but just, just literally all the breath leaving my body in a really just defeated way <laughs> yeah. because that's not something to look forward to and that's not making me feel hopeful for anything like or or excited to see more of this or think cool like the the thing though the wrong has been righted and now the, you know things might be safe again it's just like it just is such a drag man it's just everything about it is such a drag and it I was thinking just before we started recording about how we're coming pretty much pretty hot off of WandaVision and the vision as a character is a lot like Superman in terms of the power that he wields and how he is on a whole nother level against a lot of these characters, but also in that he's kind of an alien in a a land where he doesn't necessarily belong, but everything about the way that he's written and across the the Marvel movies and WandaVision, but also the way Paul Bettany plays him is what I want to see out of Superman. Mm. And that's not to say I want to see DC copy Marvel, but, I mean, eventually you got to... Detroit has to look at the New England Patriots playbook and say, hey, man, do
0: you well, think maybe there's something to what they're doing? That's what I was going to say, is that so, so much of what I think I'm feeling right now after watching this and our discussion is that I, I'm... I kind of mourn for the fact that we don't live in a world where we're getting that kind of output from DC who has this incredible stable of characters in it. Mm -hmm. Like they, they, granted there's a lot that they put out in terms of like animated movies and obviously comics and the TV shows that they're doing the Arrowverse. I I've enjoyed a lot of it and there's some of it that I don't care for, but like, There's a world where there are screen versions of these heroes that we would be getting, you know, sequels to every year. And there's actual like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say that they're well liked or that they get a lot of money or that they're critically acclaimed or like anything like that. But just like the idea that like we get, we're gonna continue to get this weird hodgepodge of like DC stuff that isn't really like united in vision. Like I think there's something that is so powerful about the what what Marvel has done, and it makes me sad that DC hasn't quite yet locked on to that in a way that would make me care more about the DC stuff, like the Marvel thing has done for me, and um, and I hope at some point they do get there. Although, you know, I fear the bubble is even bursting in like a Marvel kind of source or sense, but, but we'll, you know, that remains to be said or seen. Um, So, you know, sorry, I didn't mean to necessarily co-opt the end of your, your thoughts, but uh, I, I do, I do wish that, you know, DC would get to a point with these characters where they appreciate them well and start to use them in a very well-oiled machine to start putting comics on the screen the way that Marvel has figured it out.
1: Well, and I think like, kind of like I said earlier, you know, we all go to the movies for different reasons and some people go for special effects and they go for visual flair and that kind of thing. And I think at the end of the day, we all go for the at least one fundamental reason is just to escape and mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think considering what's going on in the world recently, <laughs> like, we should all, I would think and hope, want to escape to something kind of positive and something that's going to leave me, I'm going to walk out of a feeling like, man, I, f- I feel better. And when I leave this, I mean, runtime aside, I'm just thematically, and through the portrayals of a lot of the characters, I just don't really feel better, you know? Just kind of like, well, I feel a little bit better for Zach because he got to, he got to see it through, and that's kind of a win, but was it worth
0: it? <laughs> yeah. And 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 we are primed for a Superman that is very much truth justice in the American way. Like I think right I now more than ever.
3: Quick.
0: Oh sorry. I was just going to say right now more than ever we could use a Superman that actually like does do that uniting thing that I think Superman did in the 50s and if somebody was able to figure that out in a modern context, I would love to see it.
2: Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I thought yeah. So no. um, I w- I want to pop in though and say if you aren't crazy about the Superman and I, I do like parts of Snyder's Superman, and a lot of it is Cavill's performance. I think he's, I think he's quite good. But if um that, um whenever that CW show hits HBO Max or whatever, the um,
0: Lois and Superman or whatever the Lois it and is.
2: Superman one, yeah. I really like his portrayal of Superman, and I dig it as kind of an a middle aged older Superman, and it captures a lot of what I love about the character. So I just wanted to throw that out there too. Yeah,
1: awesome. that's a good. That's a good point. I'll need to check that out. Yeah.
0: All right. Well. I think we've, uh, I think we've gotten it out of our systems for the most part. Do you guys feel better? I think I do.
1: (laughs) I I feel like I like it less now after having recorded. (laughs) I went into it liking it, I think, a little bit more. But now that we've kind of picked it, picked it apart, I'm like, you know, there's a ton that just doesn't work for me, and whatever. I mean, I feel that's what it is.
2: Um, I don't know about the listeners
0: that we've. Hopefully, they feel. (laughs) Hopefully, they feel better. Please let us know
1: but uh feedback yeah, at Midwest we still Film came X. in uh more than an hour under than the runtime of the movie so that's good <laughs> shocking for for us i think in some ways but
0: mm-hmm. uh feedback dot midwestfilmers.com let us know what you think of the show the things that we talk about i think next time we will probably be talking about godzilla versus kong would be my guess Ooh, yeah so uh yes please um we'll, we'll keep riding this wave of hbo max uh and uh and see what they can bring us uh and then probably soon after that there's going to be some Mortal Kombat to talk about as well. So those are the things that are that are on our radar. But uh please check out mpn.bz slash Patreon. Uh we'd appreciate it. Thank you very much to Lynn, who uh who was a longtime listener for us that popped in to to subscribe on Patreon. We appreciate it very much. And glad to see some of the some of the uh the the earliest fans show up on the patreon now that the film nerds are back so um if anybody else is holding back for that moment uh obviously don't uh don't overextend yourself uh in in terms of supporting us but any any little support that we get we appreciate so uh, i think that's about it kyle xy go watch a movie